Welcome to Awards Radar, the podcast, a weekly discussion of the awards races, Hollywood news, and the films you should have on your radar. Here's your host, Joey Magidson. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Awards Radar podcast. We uh, we have a long, really uh, Oscar-centric show for you today, the thing we joke about um, doing all the time, and that'll come your way in a couple minutes, but uh, I do want to get the uh, less fun stuff off the... Uh, off the docket at, at ahead of time. So uh, we're recording this on Wednesday night. It'll be uh, Thursday morning by the time we're done, a couple hours before you get it. And uh, and yeah, I um, I lost my mom on Tuesday night, and it's uh, it's awful. But um, I don't know. I felt it was important to still do the episode. I think you know you guys are such good readers and listeners, and consider this for some reason a valuable resource. And uh, I didn't want to leave people hanging. Also you know, greedily in terms of like business. This is kind of like the big week for what we do. So it would be weird to go dark. And also, uh, quite frankly, I needed a distraction um, from pacing an empty apartment. So um, we're going to we're going to do an episode and it's going to be long and go off the rails and um, we'll get predictions out of the way. Um, Spoiler alert, um, we're going to end on something fun. I have Armin White's better than list. So we're so excited. Yeah, I, I, it, it's, we've earned it. I've, yeah, I've, I've, I fucking earned it. Um, but I wanted to just preface and say like, you know, I also, a lot of you have reached out and I really do appreciate that. Um, obviously Miles and Steve have, have reached out. They were aware earlier on. Um, it's, it's very strange that in sort of the worst of times, you'll also hear from the most people. And it's, it's weird that it kind of, feels good do you guys know what that what that mean how that what i mean by that like you don't want yeah just to, be to know that you. people are like aware and they do care if like something important comes up yeah and it's and it's been like obviously a lot of readers like a lot of people i've worked with over the years um and then as as, as strange as like people i've interviewed over the years um like someone from the mets like um actors and actresses people like some of them that i have a relationship with but also ones that like you know, they have no reason to look and do anything but be like, oh, that sucks and move on. So, like, the fact that they've, you know, commented on a post or some of them have reached out, you know, directly or more directly. And same with, like, studios and stuff. It, it You don't want it to feel good because you feel terrible, but also it, it kind of feels – I don't know. You just want people to to care. Um, if not for you, then, then for the person because – Kindness is, is always good even when you, you – you, you can forget about it. Especially oh, yeah. nowadays, and but when you actually have people reach out and and uh, you know show their appreciation for you or sh- you know empathize, oh yeah there uh, there are there are people I no longer important. speak to who um, either have reached out or in some cases I've broken the silence to reach out because they knew the person like they knew my mom and I don't know I have that weird thing like even though we're not talking, we're not on good terms. You've told me not to, I don't know. You knew this person. I, I would feel weird if someone didn't tell me that someone I knew was gone. So I've, I've done that. And and people have been either receptive or also just like said nice things. And that's, that's something. And also it leads to obviously telling the same awful story again and again, which I, you guys don't need to hear. Steve actually knows what happened, but that's not good podcast content. Um, but I will say, um, don't be weirded out one if I get upset, but also if I'm silly like normal, because that's kind of how my family does things. So I'll, I'll before we get into the show, which we'll do in a minute, 
and I'll introduce everyone, even though we know Miles and Steve are here. Um, I'll tell a, a really quick, funny story about <clears throat> my grandfather when he passed away, which I think is like, uh, I don't know, five years ago or some four years ago at this point. Um, and we were at my uncle's house out on Long Island for the, the post cemetery, post funeral, not really like sitting shiva like Jews do because we're, we're not religious, but just having like family and some friends over and I, um, my, my, me, my sister and my three cousins are, were my grandfather's uh, grandchildren. And one of my cousins was uh, up in his room with his girlfriend, now wife, and somebody um, said, "Well, where, where, where is he?" And one of my other cousins, she, she pretty quickly deadpanned in a in a manner that lets you know what she went. She's like, "Oh, he's grieving," in a way that meant he's not grieving. And <laughs> like clockwork, um, my co- my other cousin turned to his wife and was like, "I'm gonna be grieving later." And my uncle immediately <laughs> put his head on my aunt's shoulders like, lovey, I'm grieving. So that's my family. Apparently, we all try to fucking get laid when we're sad. So um, I guess hit me up. I'm kidding. But also, you know, um, but that's that's how we do things. So it probably makes sense that this is what we're doing. So um, I will try not to bring it up again until probably the end. But uh, I will reiterate something that I, I put up in general. Um you know, call your parents. They piss you off. They're they're annoying. We get on each other's nerves, but call them because they uh, they will not be around forever. And in some cases, they are gone way before they should. So, you know, you'll be glad you did. I uh, I certainly would have liked to have had a different last conversation than I did, and that's that's life. But uh, should I do an awful transition, or should we just move on? Well, now uh, I'm ca- kind of curious what the awful transition yeah, would be. <laughs> one thing we didn't, one thing we didn't talk about was the Oscars. No, that was my point. It was very on brand for like what we do, but like let's, you know, we hinted at it. But hey, let's uh, let's get into the actual show um, because we have a topic. We we all saw the same thing for a change. Um, but first, um, wow, here's here's a. Um, Aside from the, the, you know, aside from that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the show? How are your guys' weeks been, Miles and Steve? Miles, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay, Joey. Um, you know, life trucks on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I think I and I hate this about myself, but ever since I sort of put out my top 10 list, I've been really I've immediately gotten lazy about like catching up with stuff from last year. Sure. And there's a bunch of big ones like I still need to see All Quiet on the Western Front or uh, Women Talking or After Sun or a bunch of big ones. And I just it's hard to stay motivated. Like, you know, this week, um, apropos of nothing, I showed Kelly the Bourne trilogy, which she'd never seen. And uh, what you think? She liked it. it. It was a really fun, like, little blast from the past, but and all, like, the technology that was cutting edge <clears> in, like, the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Or the cell phones they're using, because all, all the, phones, the cell phones. All the, well, they do the Breaking Bad, like, flip phone, like, snap it in half to show that they're not using it anymore. Or, um, yeah, yeah. Um, How did she feel about the, like, wild, like, visual change between one and two? She didn't seem to notice it, actually, which I was surprised by because I was paying more attention to it. And it's funny because Paul Greengrass is always so associated with that franchise. But I actually think the Doug Lyman directed first one like holds up a lot better. I think it just fashion. Yeah. Well, and it's just done in a a way that like doesn't draw attention to itself, which I think works for like the grittiness of it. Like 
Greengrass's stuff almost draws too much attention to itself the way that it's shot and edited. And it sometimes works really well, but like when you do it for a whole movie, it's easy yeah. to see why some people would want it to come with a nausea warning. Well, I mean, that's, um, we say this a bunch, but the, the highs are higher in two and three, but the there are lows in a way that I feel like identity is just kind of. I think identity along. is just consistent all the way through. Yeah, whereas, it's, it's yeah, the epitome of a three star have- movie. Exactly. Whereas two and three have really good action sequences, but like the flow of the story is a little more scattershot. Which I think is somewhat intentional because he's more scattershot because he's figured out that he's in a bad situation as opposed to like utter confusion. But also, yeah, it's it makes it oddly sometimes impenetrable when you're just like, wait, 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 I'm confused. And not because it's so complicated, but because I'm I'm not sure what I was just looking at. Like, what happened? Hang on. There's there was that there was at least one time where I was like, wait, is someone dead? Like, I'm not sure. Well, yeah, exactly. Like there'll be some like a gunshot and like th- there'll be like a, a jittery, shaky cam shot of a crowd. And it's like, oh, was a main character in that shot? Like, am I supposed to know? Yeah, we, we better really pay attention to see if someone stops showing up. Like, I remember what was is it? It's collateral, right? Where like Mark Ruffalo's death is kind of that way. Oh, yeah, so very like, much so. You're like, wait, wait, he's dead. Like, I thought he was like the third lead. <laughs> No, no. I'll tell you the one other thing that I thought was really funny sort of going back to, especially the first one, is when you think of like, you know, there's like every single one of those movies has like the government group that's in like the control room and they've got like all the screens up and everyone's at their computers and stuff. The 2002 version of that room is like the crappiest, cheapest looking office you've ever seen in your life. There's like three like old, old like windows, you know, boxy sort of computers like, you know, they're they're still like physically pinning stuff to the board. Like it's it's so charmingly analog. And that's only 20 years ago. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to come back to something you said in a second. But first, Steve, how how. How was your recent times? Um, it's a mixed bag, you know, but, uh, yeah, it, it, you know, I, I've got some stuff going on as well with family, mm-hmm. but, I know. uh, besides that, you know, being a father, uh, you always have today was four hours of my daughter lost her phone. So we were using find my phone and she didn't have location services on. So, oh. All those fun was, things that yeah, uh, yeah. that take. Wait, a- did you find it? We did find it. All right. Um, well, you you have a good run with finding lost technology recently. Yeah, I I mean I I I'm I don't stop. I'm I'm relentless when it comes to yeah. when something is lost. I think it goes back to losing my uh, stuffed animal as a, <laughs> a young boy. <laughs> Never again. That's that's it. That's how. Oh I'm my god! Thinking. I lost. I lost a action figure. In in the Price Club, like the for forebearer of Costco and and BJ's and all that, like I must have put it on like a on a shelf while we were walking and like walked away. I don't know. It was a swamp thing, and his arm was like attached to a string in a way, so like it looked like a normal t- uh, toy. But if you pulled the arm, it would like extend out as if he had like reached out as like a tree stump. Sure. And then I think you could squeeze his legs and it would go back in. I don't remember, but I remember being so upset and like bereft at the fact that like i abandoned it and then that might be why toy story has hit me so hard <laughs> over the years like oh no i did it i'm andy but bad um i don't know why in- but i have a very distinct memory when i was like 
God, I couldn't have been more than like three or four. Like I was qu- like around the time when you first start forming memories, basically. Yeah. And um, I got like one of those like plastic toys that used to come in cereal boxes. Yeah. Like just some little thing like like the flip football game or whatever that you play, you know, yeah. like they do at the beginning of uh, Endgame. Uh, just something simple like that. And I remember um, the grass uh, outside of uh, our house at the time was really long and I lost the toy in the grass. And like we, I looked for like probably hours and I never, ever found it. Isn't it crazy? I might, just so if we're going to be so revealing, the name of my missing uh, stuffed animal was Flopsy and it was <laughs> a yellow dog with button eyes because the eyes had fallen off. And I, you know, years later, and I'll never know the truth now. Uh, I, it's funny that I still remember it, but I'm thinking they threw it out because being a parent now, I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing has to go. But, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I looked for years and then that's why I find phones and other technology nowadays because I don't give up. Oh yeah. I, uh, I remember having to send away the box tops for a toy and like, usually they're shitty, but this one was, I, I have no idea. It might be like sitting on a shelf somewhere with like my kind of like stuff that is sort of for display. Um, it was a stormtrooper. Mm. It was like, I, I like the size of your middle finger, let's say maybe a little bigger. And I think when you pulled the, the head off, it was Luke, but also is the idea of like, you could take the helmet off and there's just something about like when toys had things like that, it made me like I was into them. Um, so before we get into the, the, um, the meat of the, the show, and the other big topic that we were going to talk about. Um, quickly, I want to double back to uh, last week. I um, basically told Miles that a movie he was looking forward to was not going to be his cup of tea. And uh, he's now seen the movie. So I'd like to find out um, what you thought of uh, that particular beverage that you were handed. Whew. I mean, in in fairness, I did seek out the beverage. You know, I had, I'd heard good things about that drink and I wanted to sample it for myself. And... Um... You know, if I'd known just how much David Lynch was in that drink, I probably wouldn't have uh, guzzled it so eagerly. David Lynch um, brand coffee? Yeah, yeah. Which which I think know. is real, right? He has that. He, he's he got something, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe, that, maybe that cow from Inland Empire that he, he campaigned with is uh, – he sells milk. I don't know. You have to know I won't appreciate that reference. <laughs> well, okay. When he was um, – that Laura, uh, Laura Dern movie, Inland Empire, right? There was a very yeah. like low-budge Oscar campaign. I think one of it, he was on the side of the road with like a cow with like a sandwich board saying like for your consideration or something. Oh, I can't believe that didn't work. (laughs) Let's be real. You appreciate that more than his movies. Well, here's the thing. I've always appreciated David Lynch, the man. Like he's adorable. He's eccentric. He's colorful. Like I liked whenever he showed up on Twin Peaks. Like, yeah, you would love to go to an event with him. Oh, totally. He's a fun. What do you think of my movies, Miles? I oh, love I fucking you. hate them, but yeah. I love you. <laughs> I wonder if he would be like, that's fine. They're not for everyone. I, 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 he has to know that on some level. He's not. I making... don't know. I mean, it, it came out of his brain. So you never know. This just might be normal to him. Yeah, but he's done enough of them the same kind of style by now that like surely some of the mainstream consensus would have reached. This is a uh, this is one of those things where like next time I talk to Brewster and I have to like ask him right like sure does La- can laura like let me know like it's yeah. like just a regular conversation with him is he eccentric or is he just like a quiet older gentleman like 
I, I feel like he would give me the accurate answer. He might be like, he's fucking lunatic. Or he'd be like, yeah, he's just whatever. Um, <laughs> and all this to say, uh, Miles took in uh, Skinnamarink. I did. And maybe the Lynch comparison is is has more to do with my personal experience with Lynch films. Um, Skinnamarink is a film that I have nothing but respect for because, you know, uh, it's it's a very shoestring production. It's done in a very abstract, experimental way uh, that makes it kind of miraculous that it's getting the kind of theatrical rollout that it is. And it's already made like something crazy, like 60 times its budget or whatever. Um, so it's nothing but a success story. It's great for film as a medium and an art form and all of that. I just fucking hated it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> the act of watching it, which is what brings me back to Lynch, because Lynch's stuff has always had that quality for me of, I don't care what the deeper meaning of this is, because the act of watching it is too unpleasant for me to care. And I don't think it... Qu- it's it's a punishing movie. It's very it, it asks cre- you to do all the work. Yes, well, it's very you know you don't get a lot. I don't think you ever see anyone's face like pro- full on in focus. No dialogue is muddled on purpose. Yeah, well, and sometimes you get subtitles, but you get the impression at a certain point that maybe the subtitles are unreliable. Yeah, um, you know, dialogue is it doesn't really convey the story. It's more about no, setting a mood. Everything about it is setting a mood. At a certain point, there's questions about like when things are taking place in relation to other things that like, again, none of it is given to you. You're deciding how much you can watch this movie and find incredible things in it. Or you can watch it and be like, this is a series of pictures of off centered shots of nothing. And you're both right. Well, here's the thing. Do you get anything out of that? I was into it for the first leg of it for about 30 to 40 minutes or so. I was like, Oh, this is brilliant because it like, it does get under your skin and it is unsettling and it does create these moments. There's a few moments. Anyone who's seen the film, the bit in the parents' bedroom is like genuinely like that got me to that level of, you know, watching the movie through my fingers, you know, kind of tension. The oh yeah. Cause the problem it, it, is, it, go ahead. Or the problem is, the movie never lets up. It never takes its foot off the gas because its style is so sort of straightforward and simple. And so what it ends up being is you get a lot of repeated shots because it's all shot in one house. You get a lot of sort of laggy pacing, which for an hour 40 movie, I mean, we talk a lot about how pacing can make a three hour movie feel short or feel twice as long. This is a, you know, it's just over 90 minutes, but it feels longer. Oh yeah. By like um, the 10th time we flash back to like a, a static TV or a TV playing some random, like old program. And you're like, is there something else in this shot? Or are we just, is this just the shot? And you it's have to pay to attention out. because a lot of the time there is an extra something, but it's so subtle or like, it'll be like, hidden in the soundscape somewhere but like it's it does work it is effective but like it just becomes diminishing returns after a point because there's not a lot of variety in its approach and in some ways and and you two probably won't appreciate this analogy as much because you like the film more than i did but it reminds me of the whale and what i mean by that is both movies have a very specific emotional objective they're trying to get with the audience. Skinnamarink is trying to get under your skin and unsettle and scare you. The whale is trying to get you to sort of the big emotional catharsis. And I think both movies are successful in that. I just don't love the methods that they use to get there. 
For sure. One worked better for me than the other. But like I wrote that article over the weekend that said, like, I'm glad this exists. Like people should be able to make this kind of small scale uncompromising vision because it is like at its core, a movie that essentially as best I can understand it. And maybe I'm wrong, but I think I I think I have one of the themes, at least is about putting you in in the mind frame of how a child deals with things like when you're going into your parents room at night, maybe like or alone could be terrifying because you just you're not comfortable there. you feel like uh oh something bad will happen and it's a hundred minutes of that feeling without really any i don't want to necessarily uh, necessarily say payoff but it really doesn't do anything else besides make you spend a hundred minutes feeling that way well and i think it's one of those movies where it at a certain point you have seen everything that the movie is going to do more or less yeah I think well 40 minutes in, like you said <laughs> yeah yeah right around there and so but then you just have to stick with it and i think kelly and i both got to a point she hated it by the way she did not oh, find yeah. any redeeming value i, but, I told, I told I you last week that i felt bad that she was coming <laughs> but like it wasn't even in a triggering way just in like a she found it very stressful and like effectively scary but so much for so long can just get exhausting after a while and i think Towards the last 30 minutes or so, we were both just like, I'm, I'm just ready for this to end. I don't care how it yep. ends. I don't care whether anything resolves. I just want it to stop happening. And, that's, and then you immediately went to see Plane. Yeah, I probably am not going to go see Plane. Not me either. It, it, the, tra- the trailer is a fun meme, but <clears throat> I, I don't actually like those Jerry Butler action movies. You don't, you're not a big Geostorm fan? You know, surprisingly, that one just <laughs> didn't click with me. Yeah, I get it. Um all this to just be like, yeah, I told you so. Um, Steve, you were going to go see it, but I feel like now you're probably not. No, I'm probably not. No. You're... There's not enough time in the, in the week. No. The you know what, what Miles had said, though, you know, you get to the point, <coughs> you put your top 10 out, you put your list out, and then oh, yeah. you kind of, you need a break. I think that's what it is. You need a pause. And we, and we honestly. You don't have to feel like you, you're, it's, a, it's uh, a requirement and you just want to like. You don't want to you don't want to do movies as homework because no, then you sort I, of lose the passion you, from it. Yeah, and that's it exactly. You and in a kind of great way, you want to watch it at the right time. And I think I, you enjoy things in a different way when you aren't analyzing them, but just you know sitting back oh yeah. and and taking and them. and interestingly, I think in a certain way we got the the change of pace and like the disengagement from the award season because talk about good timing on Sunday, The Last of Us premiered. Yes. So, yes. Um, hopefully, we will week- do weekly check-ins. Um, excuse me one second. I have to get the last bit of sadness out of there because that's what you call blowing your nose, apparently. Um, we'll, we'll try to do weekly check-ins. Obviously, things might pop up where one of us is behind. Steve's also playing the game. So, we're all in a, he's in a race. He's in a race to catch up to where the show is. He's ahead of the show, I think, still. I'm actually ahead of the show. I watched <clears> three episodes, and then I, I I, didn't want to get too far ahead. And after watching it, playing it, writing the review, I like... You, you, you want to play more. Forward, so I know. I put, I put in more than I said. Now, I, now I, imagine I if you're like Miles and I. <clears throat> and Miles, how excited did you get when you saw the In the Weeks Ahead clip at the end? Oh, man, there's because a lot there's of moments a, where it's like I immediately know, oh, that's going to kick me in the nuts when that happens. Because <laughs> I, I literally I, I Ma- Steve, this isn't a spoiler. It's just a location. I mean, you'll understand when you get there. But Miles, I went, it's the hospital. 
Well, it's the last shot of the preview. Yeah. And I immediately know, oh, I know exactly what that scene is. And that's going to, oh. It's a what? The hospital? It's the Emmy scene in a way. Maybe. I don't know. I I will say. I mean, there's a lot in between, but like, this is a a show in a game that's emotional. High point. Like, the show is going to do emotion, I think, even more than the game did. But the game builds to a, um, a decision like in another game it would have been a like you can do this or that you know as, as most games like to do at this point mm-hmm. um but it's not it's a it's a linear like this is what you're doing <clears throat> but that's that's maybe one of the most emotional things in a game ever and the show is going to be doing it and like the the 80 minutes or so we spent with this show clearly shows you they're going to do it well because like this half of that episode is a couple minutes of the first part of the game, right? Steve, you played uh, the most recent, like... Probably, like, the first... I would say it covers maybe the first hour, maybe a little more. In a way, well, the intro the intro segment of the game, the flashback. Well, because you gotta f- factor in the gameplay, well, of course. Half, but Well, they extended the intro. Well, they added the that opening, which is fantastic, which I think... Oh, yeah. One yeah. Of, oh, mean, very good. They, yeah, oh, incredible. And, well, spoiler alert, the episode two... Um, it has another prologue. prologue? Oh, yeah. Or pro- it's, it's, if it's beginning in prologue. Oh, I think I know what it is. And if I'm right, oh wow, it's 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 small, it's short, but it's so effective. And I was hoping the third episode does not have one, so I was hoping. Well, the third the episode, through, if I'm correct, is is looking at two other characters mostly. Yes, and which I is mean, not really in the game, but also apparently is the best episode of the show. Uh, I mean, I, I've only watched three, and I'm gonna. I'm going to start watching more. Is is uh, three the best of the three you watched? Man, it's hard to say. There's so you know, episode one has so much great stuff in it. <clears throat> oh, episode the the, the breakdown it. of society in one is so yeah. well done. Oh yeah, that's the thing. It, it's what what I'm really enjoying about the show is, is the amount of depth to it. It's not oh, yeah. just like here we go and you're on your way. And oh no, anyone who is like, because I saw a bunch of people who haven't played the game. We're like, is this another Walking Dead or this, that, the other thing? Like, no, it's not. And and I and I don't want to be the seventh person to be like, just watch a couple. Of, I saw a lot of people respond, get to episode three because I know what they're gonna do there, and that's gonna definitely fix people's wagon in that sense. Miles, did you play the 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 like spinoff DLC thing? Yes, I did, one? and so I re- I recognize clips of that from the trailer. I th- you think that's gonna be episode two? Um, it would maybe, make sense, right? It's the kind of thing that they might they might sprinkle it throughout, <laughs> and then maybe have it because in what chronology, is, what's the DLC? I haven't played it. The well, DLC is uh, well, I don't want to well, say wait, wait, because wait. it'll be Back a show up. spoiler. Let's do this, oh. Steve. What happened? Give us a very brief overview of episode two because episode one, for people who have seen it, we're just talking about how much we love it. Essentially, is the introduction to Joel, it's the introduction to how he got to where he is, the introduction of Ellie to some degree, and it brings them together. And the episode ends with them essentially beginning the journey and and there's way more to come but like they have a lot, set lot out more ellie than i was expecting in the first episode especially I we're for, gonna get her like right at the end oh yeah and especially for a show that gave you plenty of time with joel and his daughter and his brother and and really did invest you in a way that you you didn't like it led to a lot of things working way better than they should like you know the, i was worried about callbacks and like, oh, that's this from the show and the game. And like, there's a couple of things that if you're paying attention, like, oh, I remember that. Or like, this looks familiar. But just even just the watch. 
like the way yeah. they handle the watch. That's this is well. So here's the thing that I thought it did so phenomenally well that many adaptations of any kind of source material struggle with <laughs> is that it's striking a really good balance between stuff that's ripped directly from the game. Like there are certain shots, costumes, settings, lines dialogue of dialogue even, yeah. th that are, are like props or yeah, like the watch or like so many little things. Or if you know where the story is going from the games, you can kind of see certain seeds being planted. Um, so it does all that and it recreates it very, very faithfully. But it also, because it's a show and because it's able to sort of stretch out things, because you're basically replacing the gameplay with like taking sort of things that were like throwaway lines in um, in the game and sort of expanding. So case in point in the first episode uh, in the game, it sort of starts the night of, but the episode gives you the whole day sort of leading up to that and all from uh, Joel's daughter's perspective, which is a really good mirroring of you play as her in that first section of the game. Uh, but then so all the new stuff it's doing works really well and integrates really well with the familiar. So it's got this great rush as a fan of both, oh, this is familiar and oh, this is new, but it fits. And so, so far, at least, it's it's doing a really good job of sort of balancing both of those plates. Well, yeah. the horror they introduced in that opening segment was incredible. I'm like, they it was much shorter when you're watching it the, up to the point where they are in the in the truck driving off. They extended that by probably 10 minutes, I'd say. And what they did there is a, you know, the watch isn't part of the opening it is is it not the in the game right? oh yeah oh yeah like the dialogue about like oh no i think it's still broken that's it directly ripped from the game oh is it but like, her going to the, the watch shop no well yeah all the stuff during the day of her is is all yes, new that's what i mean so she's out there and then you're you're getting to see who this character is and this daughter and you're seeing it like you know like that kind of when you're seeing very subtle hints of what's going on in the wider world yes but, but it's but a very slow burn see, how much she cares for her father and yeah. vice versa. Obviously, because of her uh, her love for him, he must care for her, and she has that. You know that that's her response. Totally. And so, as you're watching this, knowing what's going to happen, it's. I mean, I, I I've watched it three times now, and every single time I get choked up. Right. What's um? Like, it's, so it's painful. Um. Since we have a lot of Oscar stuff to do, I want to spend a ton of time on it. We'll come back to episode one, I'm sure, as we talk about two and three, because it feels very much like part of the story that I think was, I think they sent that amount of episodes to some people on purpose. And then obviously people watch the entire season for early review. Um, Steve, quickly tell us what happens in episode two. So Miles and I know if we're barking up the right tree or whatever you think is comfortable. Miles, you're okay with this, right? I am, yeah. Okay, I wanted to make sure. Uh, the, it has to do a lot with a, a third companion. Okay, then we're, then we're yeah, right. yeah. I, I figured that's what was in which was case. Going. Boy, well, because gonna... I my understanding is that episode three is where we meet Nick Offerman's character, right? Yes. Yeah. So pacing wise, that that checks out. So boy, are we gonna are they gonna uh, rip our hearts out three episodes in a row? Well, I think I think I mean I think it's like nine in total, right? I think yeah. the way they're pacing it right now, if they're like finish, my understanding is the stated goal is just season one is the first game, season two is yeah. the second game, like pretty, and the DLC is like pretty short, so it'll slot into season one pretty seamlessly, I think, wherever they decide to put it. Yeah. Um. So um, 
Can you yeah, give me I, a, a hint at what the DLC you know, basically connects to? It's a it's about um Ellie and her friend Riley, who gets oh, name okay, dropped okay. in the first episode, and sh- no, sort of examining their relationship. The the prologue that I'm referring to has nothing to do with okay any of the main characters. It's just a little more. Is it more nice. of the the John Hanna talk show stuff? No, it's not. Okay, um, that was a that was a cool addition. I thought oh, that was, thought was that was fantastic. that was that was an excellent post COVID. Like it's very down the middle, right? But we all watch it being like. Oh no! This is the worst possible news. Well, and um, it's also one of those things where it's in the back of your mind when stuff starts going wrong. So you already have a reference point beyond just "Oh, well, I've seen zombie movies before." It's like that's very it specific. Like that, it's a solid like five or ten minutes. Like I kept expecting it to be like the, like cut to black pretty quick, and the fact that it goes through the entirety of that, I was like, "Oh wow, this show is doing it!" Like I was hooked a minute into that segment i was like okay they got this they got the idea of the show perfectly yeah and and immediately setting up sort of the stakes and sort of the tension of dread in a way that doesn't necessarily connect to any of the characters but just informs the larger world i mean it made it accurate to be like it's a show obviously it's made for <coughs> everyone but uh, uh, you know I, I, hbo clearly greenlit it because they want people who play the game and there are millions to watch the show and it didn't show the monsters like that's that's wild to me. Like you know, very very early stage stuff. But like the the clickers and such, you know the. Oh yeah, no, it'll probably be another. Well, I guess we'll see. But they'll, we'll probably they'll see hold one. Off on I th- I think we might see one in episode two, just because we, I think I think they have to. Yeah, I, I love in that opening watching the audience and they're kind of reactions along and enjoying yeah uh, until they realize oh no he's not crazy he's serious about this and maybe he's yeah. crazy but. This sounds like he's thought about this. Well, in the uh, in the interviewer too, definitely goes on that arc where at first yeah. he's kind of laughing it off, but then by the end you've got it in sort of the tight close-ups, and he's like, "Oh God, is this a thing? Is this, could this actually happen?" Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, totally." Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. it's uncomfortable at best. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, so, so far so great. That's what else? Very much so. Um, let's move into some questions before we get into some of the other stuff. Um, Ryan actually um, left us a film walk face off, but also contributed um, our staff top 10 lists went up. So you can check that out on the site. You've heard myself, um, Miles and Steve's lists. And Ryan says, by awarding 10 points for each film's number one placement, nine points for number two, et cetera, the awards rate our staff top 10 of 2022 would be, drum roll please, but number 10, Babylon. To the world. <laughs> uh, Babylon. At 14 points. So there are ties here, so you get more than 10. And I'm fine with it for this thing. Not what, not what Steve was trying to pull. Um, number nine. After Sun, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. And She Said at 15. Which mm. is solely due to me um, encouraging Kendall to see it before she made her top 10. And she loved it, apparently. So, sneaks in. Uh, number eight. Top Gun Maverick and Women Talking. 17 points. Sure. Number seven. Decision to Leave. 22 points. Nice. Number six, The Whale, 25 points. Um, big, big jump because it was, I believe, Abe's number one of the year. So it was Abe's yeah, I feel like I feel year. like the small handful of people who had it had it in high positions. I think it was only on it. I think it might have only been on three lists. I think it was on or maybe a fourth one, but it was it was my number five. It was top five for Kendall, I think. And it was number one for Abe. So that might have like I think I'm missing one more, but that basically got it there. 
Um, number five, it's a tie between the Banshees of Inisherin, the Batman, the Batman, and Tar. Twenty-seven points. Number four, Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Thirty-two points. Number three, The Fablemans at thirty-nine points. Number two, RRR at fifty points. Nice. And number one with sixty-five points. Everything, everywhere, all at once. That's Not awesome. Super shocking. That's what I um, he says, uh, "I have yet to see After Sun women talking close and a bunch of others, but at the moment, my top ten is ten to one. You won't be alone. Catch the fair one. Happening. Watcher. The outfit. Paris Thirteenth District. The Eternal Daughter. Good night, Oppie. Turning red and the Fablemans <clears throat> goes on to say, "I can't pick a favorite list, but huge bonus points to Joey and Shane for including the Fablemans at number one. Of course, uh, props to Leela, Max, and Max Ants for including it on their lists at all. Its support here is a very pleasant surprise. So, so, so thanks. Yes, because it's we're um, as the uh, this had Oscar Buzz podcast that said recently, we seem to be in a like underappreciating Spielberg phase of his career, which is weird because it's it's the back end if we're being realistic." But um, people seem to be like, oh, it's cool. But also, like, don't seem to be enthralled with the idea of going out of their way for it. But we'll talk about that later. I don't think that necessarily impacts its awards prospects. But um, let me pull up the other lists. Um, apologies. I'm just uh, – I have to sort through a bunch of messages to get to uh, to get to that one. One moment. All right. So he also asks us to do Steve's top 10 of this year versus Steve's top 10 of last year. So let's go through it um, a little quick. Oh, actually, it's... I'll be fast. Oh, okay. Um, there's... <clears throat> I was like, wait a minute. There's a tie at one of these. But I was like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then we'll... Because we have a, a lot of Oscar categories. <clears throat> Number 10. Spirited or Parallel Mothers or Riders of Justice. I don't know why there's a third one, but I, I, I allow it. Well, out of the three, I've only seen Riders of Justice, but I'm a big fan, so I'll go with that. Yeah, I'm going to... I'll go with that as well. Um, I'll go Parallel Mothers, I guess. I still haven't seen Spirited, honestly. Not a like, massive Christmas fan. If it gets yeah, that well, song nomination, I will. Well, and also, also, it's kind of past the season, isn't it? Exactly. I, I listen. I don't dislike <clears throat> anyone involved, so I'm sure it's it's adorable. And like people have talked about it, it's it's become sort of popular. Um, if it gets that song nomination, I will definitely watch. I've resisted the urge to watch the song alone because that's yeah, not always. Please don't. I think yeah. it's much better if you watch it in the context of the film. Um. But the, I, 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 it was between those two because. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So. Um, nope or nine days. Hmm. Um, both have really strong elements, but also some elements that I found lacking. Um, but I'll probably go with nope. All right. I said I'd go quick, but it's tough. Um, I'll. I'll go nine days. Uh, I'll go nope. Uh, yeah, similar. I, I get it. Uh, Apollo ten and a half for the killing of two lovers. I've not seen either, but I'm more interested in checking out Apollo ten and a half. Uh, I, I love Apollo ten and a half, so it's going to be that one. 
I feel like Steve might go killing two lovers though. That yeah, movie. You know I, I, I like my list from last year. I heard a lot more. I heard a lot about it from you. And I, and I feel like sometimes wherever something winds up on a list is not always indicative of, of how you, you know, necessarily feel about it. Sometimes you're just looking at like two movies and you're like, well, I can't say that this movie is better than that. You know, you know what I mean? You start to rationalize in a weird way. But seriously, if you do, it's the it's the Mark Johnson. It's the favorite versus best. Yeah, exactly. That's well, that's where I struggle. It's he's yeah. the, I, I know a good film when I see it. But if I put a number 15 at number one, I'm like, I don't know. Is it a disservice to all the other films? You know, it, it's a, it, it's a hard it's a you need rules. You need a lot of rules before you're making a top 10 list. Right. Uh, I, I will go with The Killing of Two Lovers. I thought so. Uh, <clears throat> decision to Leave or Pig? Uh, pig for me all the way. Uh, I like Pig a lot, but Decision to Leave is fucking fantastic. So that one. My God. who Whose lists are these? They're Yours? Fantastic. Uh, I know. Uh. Oh, I see. You were setting yourself <laughs> up for combat. Every single one is tough. Um, see what happens when you give him a little bit of praise? He starts to... Uh... No, no. Yeah, I gave myself praise. I think. Um, I let's. I'm gonna go with pig. I'm gonna assume there's a recency bias, so I will. Uh, but yes, but both are great. Again, I get it. It makes sense. Um, Babylon or the worst person in the world? Ooh. Um. Worst person in the world. Again, I think worst person in the world is just kind of fine. Babylon, like high highs, low lows, but I do keep coming back to those high highs when we when it ends up being in competition. So I think I'll go Babylon. Oh, yeah. Like if you wanted to. I don't know that you want to watch the movie, you know, if like if you were just flipping channels and it was on. Mm. But if you happen to hit the the first like movie making scene you're probably like i'll stick with this for a while right it's one that i can see myself visiting like certain scenes on youtube before going in for the whole oh thing. yeah if they if they have the i don't know they'll have the party clip obviously um but if they have both of the uh, like on set sequences those are two of the best scenes of the year for sure for <clears> sure <throat> yeah so i'm <clears throat> i'm on worst person miles is on babylon you get to break the tie as always i'm going babylon oh yeah, Babylon kind of. I, I I don't think it's recency bias, but I do find it interesting. Babylon snuck up at the end so much for you. Yeah, I you know, well, I like films about making films. Oh yeah, and uh, you and in Hollywood. I like Chazelle, and I like I a mean, big swing. Big. I, I it, it'd be interesting to after I watch it again for in its entirety because I'm wondering if it, if it will wear on me because the first time I watched it, it did not. And yeah. I didn't mind its length at all. Um, did I see areas that could be cut down? Of course. Oh yeah. But I I was not bothered by it. Um, reading reading the script, yeah, I was like, I got to know what happens next. Watching the movie and confirming how much of it was accurate to the script, um, there was ever so slightly the tiniest bit of like, oh yeah, that's that's that thing they did that. <clears throat> but what else is new? You kind of like are waiting to see what's what's gonna because it's a movie that wants to be surprising and shocking. Um, but I, I do think the movie sequences will, will stand up because they're so iconic and then so exaggerated, but also kind of feel like oddly accurate to the, the wildness of the time that the other even bigger scenes 
um, the, the don't. truck's driving across a desert while the sun's setting, and yeah, you know, it's like yeah, yeah, of that is just a, a hell of a lot of fun. Oh yeah, yeah that that the, those highs are great. Whereas like we've we've talked about the the third act, like let's put Margot Robbie in trouble with criminals, like. Uh, you you could have just had the movie be 20 minutes shorter. We would have been okay I, with a, it. A lot of it feels like B-sides or like sort of, you know, renditions of better movies. Oh, yeah. Or or just like the her her big like vomit scene where you're like, it's a hat on a hat. She could have just left. I get it that it's like so it's doing it on purpose because like, oh, we've come a little too close to being like prestige cinema. And, and I'm writing I'm writing a love letter to cinema, but a hate letter to Hollywood. I need to. I need to have her come back and throw up on everyone. I get it. And I like always respect the choice, but you're just sitting there watching and be like, I think I like the scene better about 30 seconds ago. Well, and that's the thing for me at a certain point, all that viscera, you know, we talked about diminishing returns with skin and You can only see so much piss and shit and vomit before. It's totally. just like, okay, but, but put yourself in, in like, let's say you were a studio executive and you got sent this script. Right. You obviously want to make the movie. Right. He's coming off of you probably get sent the script when he's still working on La La Land even. Um, but it's the big hot new script. Right. You want it. And I Once tell you him, see the movie, shave an hour off and we'll talk. <laughs> I mean, you might. But let's say let's say you're 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 in a position where the studio you're the vice president and the president. I, of the, I can of afford to lose millions of dollars. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like the uh, I don't know. Did you ever watch Entourage? Not, yeah. not not really. Okay, but the, so Steve will know. I mean, remember when like Ari was in charge of a studio, but he still had someone ahead of him. There's always like there was always like some like whiny yeah. old man, or like when when was it Dana like is running a studio at one point. I think he takes her job, or she, they they have the same job at one point. Like there's always another person. Like oh, you can only you do this anyway, even though you're supposedly running the thing. Like if there was someone else from Miles, like no no, we're making this movie. At a certain point, once the movie's made, I don't know that you're gonna watch it and like tell him he has to cut all that you're just like oh, well these are the parts of the movie that i know are not gonna be as good as the rest you're kind of just locked into the vision of it all like okay this is the movie he wants to make and is it really worth it to argue over whether margot robbie throws up on an old man mm-hmm. so i mean i mean i could i would be interested to hear that debate between miles and damien giselle <laughs> well i mean damage is done and you know full credit to him for making the movie he wanted to make but oh yeah i can just see you going like oh wait i have to sell this oh yeah we're not showing that scene in the, so in the trailer you also have to wonder who really enjoyed that part of the movie and i who's i think him elsewhere i think him um there's nothing wrong yeah. with that um next up the batman or the mitchells versus the machines <sighs> Ooh. Damn it, Steve. What a, what great lists. Yeah, no, these are two really good ones. Um, I mean, it's got to be the Batman for me. It's like my favorite superhero movie. Yeah, I think I'm on Batman, too. I'm going to go with the Mitchells and the Machines. Ah, versus. Although, although the, <clears throat> I, you know, again, I I'm really love both, but. Yeah, there's nothing here you don't like. I, I, you know, I, I cried during the Mitchells versus the Machines, so. Yeah. I, so. That factors in. And I laughed a hell of a lot. I, uh, I I get it. It's also another one that you spoke so highly of so much throughout that season that I couldn't see you not picking it. <coughs> Next up, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio or Licorice Pizza. I feel like it's got to be Pinocchio for you. I'm going Licorice Pizza, though. Uh, I'm definitely going Pinocchio. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. I'm going Pinocchio as well. Yeah, yeah. I just, 
I, I my my whole metric for guessing is what I think I I remember you talking about more. They're, I mean, they're also wildly different. Yeah, movies. but Licorice Pizza I saw late in the season. That's true. You do you do really like the last movie of the year? Yeah, but uh, yeah, and I stand by it. I, I yeah. still enjoy that film. Um, but yeah, Pinocchio. Oh, and, of course. There's, yeah, again, there's different ways to enjoy it. If you if you had the sound off and didn't watch the film at all and just watch the making, <clears throat> excuse me, the making of, I think would be just as fascinating. Oh, totally. I um in a different sense. I get it. This next one is gonna. I I I want not Miles pulling his hair out, but like, oh boy, movies that that you perhaps are ever so slightly on the other side of the coin on, Tar or The Green Knight. Huh. Oh man, two movies you really wanted to like more than you did. Yeah, very much so. If it helps, the next one is probably the easiest decision you've ever made. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to that. Um, tar, oh man, Tar or The Green Knight. We'll talk about apples and oranges, first of all. Um, I think uh, there was more in Tar that I didn't like, but at the same time, the parts of it I liked uh, were I was more engaged than anything that happened in The Green Knight. So I think I'm going to go Tar. I'm going to go with Green Knight. I think I want to go with Tar, but it's close. Because The Green Knight was one, if you remember... I was like, oh, I'm not looking forward to this movie. It's so not my thing. And I watched it and went, this, I, I kind of am into it. Like, I, I just had to accept that, like, the trappings are a thing I'm not into. Um, it was also a very weird day that I saw it, but that's a that's a whole other story. It was, like, it was the morning screening before, like, going, like, up to, like, uh, my ex's, like, house that she was renting. Like, just she Airbnbs that she owned and was like, oh, this is a whole, like, I'm coming home and paint and packing, but... Also, you're caught in traffic. You know, like you're looking forward to something, but you're also engaged in your movie. But you know, like there's something else to do afterwards. It, it takes a specific movie, I think, like to keep you. You know what I mean? Or like what you're watching on a bad day. Like when when I got broken up with the next day, I watched Apollo 10 and a half. And it would have been so easy to, to just not engage with that movie. Right. But it, it hit me. So it's when you see the right movie. It has that little bit extra something. Whereas Tar... If it wasn't for, I think, the length, I would have sat down at Tiger Road being like, yes, let's do it. I love Todd Field. But, you know, in the midst of a festival when you're like, wait, the movie's how long? And then, <clears throat> you know, you set your schedule a certain way. And as we all know, when it starts with the credits, you're like, oh, no, I'm going to be here for the exact length of this movie. It, it, it starts you off at a almost behind the eight ball. But, I mean, I think for Cape Blanchett alone, I'm on tar. You know, my feeling is... <laughs> With the Green Knight, my experience was going in completely blind, yeah, and only knowing you know the actors involved, and that's about it. And every scene was so you know, exciting to see what was going to happen next. Where Tara is very much a character piece, so I kind of you know I, I you know the experience was different. So my experience with the Green Knight was was better in a way but i love both the films obviously they're my number three so yeah all right here's the easy one everything everywhere all at once or the power of the dog (laughs) i mean yeah it's everything everywhere by like several landslides stacked on top of each other i thought so um i think i'm on everything everywhere but i love both in different ways yeah, I everything everywhere for sure. 
the power of the dog would slip down lower in my 10, but would stay in my 10, but not as was, high up. I think it was my number 11. And I, and I, I definitely like it there, like just ever so slightly outside the top 10 since, um, and it's the movie I think I ended up seeing as much as any last year, just cause Netflix had a number of different events. And like, I, you know, if I'm at an event, I'm not going to not go to the movie. And then I wanted to take like someone to see it. Like, you know, things like that sometimes happen. One year was a rival for me where like, I saw it three times, not necessarily because I wanted to see it three times, even though I had no issues with that. He's just like, oh, someone else wants to go. So there's always a movie like that. Um, and that was that was Power of the Dog last year. So I think I just like I, I was able to watch it different ways. You know, you you're like, oh, there's that first viewing where you're like, wait, I, I, did I get everything? And then that second viewing where you're like, oh, shit, that information at the first 10 seconds was incredibly important. And then that third time where you're just kind of watching it all happen. You need to be patient with that film and you need to be engaged with that film completely. You know, oh, yeah, or, or else you kind of go like, what did, wait, what else is there? Well, every, where, exactly, where everything everywhere all at once, you could put on, that on right now at any point in the movie. Totally, and, and I have. 10 minutes of this for sure. More than and I movie. have. Yep. And your number ones, The Banshees of Inisherin or Coda. I'm on Coda. Uh, I'm on Banshees for sure. Ooh. You know, I'm going to go Coda. Interesting. I'll, you know, although, again, I stand by where where they're placed. But, oh no, of course. Um, yeah. I for me, when I when I look long term, if I'm going to be affected emotionally, and it connects me to part of my life, or you know something that I've experienced and can find a way to connect with me in where I am moved um, or even if a, a negative connection at times um, that, that means a lot. And like, and I know people you know, love to pounce on, on, on Twitter all over Coda. And I'm like, I, I still love it. And I, I can't, I almost, I don't want to watch it again because of the <clears throat> connection I had to it. Sure. I'll let it sit for a couple of years and then I'll watch it again and I'll have those experiences all over again. Totally. I, I revisited it with um, with my ex at the time and I've watched individual scenes. But yeah, I haven't felt the need to like go and rewatch the whole thing. But I also have have that with a lot of a lot of movies like I uh, I've still never rewatched uh, Interstellar notably. So mm -hmm. sometimes you want to keep what what you felt the first time. Um, but yeah, that it's was beautiful. It's a beautiful film, and I, I I don't know if I said this, but I had a chance to speak to uh, Amelia Jones at yes. Gotham, and I was like, you know what? Thank you. And mm -hmm. she, was, she was like, thank you. And oh, it yeah. was uh, beautiful. But we try. I, I, I love that opportunity to actually talk to the people who made things and just, you know, if they if they go, hey, fanboy, take, take a hike. I don't care. I'm just going <laughs> to give you the opportunity. Just like if I had a great meal, I would tell the chef. And oh, yeah. I say, F off, I want to go home, but screw you. I'm going to give it to you. And then you can, when you're older, say, remember that jackass who came up to me? Yeah. Yeah, that's me. I'm into it. Bonus round. Kayfleet 208. Filmhawk face-off awards radar awards winners for performances. So these are the last couple of uh, picks for me. Um, and I guess we're choosing our favorite, I guess they're, they're directing of that particular film. So it's Spielberg versus Pablo Lorraine versus Emerald Fennel. So that's um, Fableman's 
Spencer, promising young woman, direction wise. I'm on Pablo Lorraine. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, promising young woman. Um, Fennel? Fennel, yeah. All right, then I'll go Spielberg so everyone wins since these are my favorites. Uh, supporting actor, Kiwe Kwan versus Ben Affleck versus Mark Rylance. What the fuck was Mark Rylance in? Uh, bones and all. No, no, no. Two two years ago. Because this oh, Kiwe Kwan is everything everywhere. Affleck last year is the, the tender bar. Oh, okay. And two years um, ago, Mark Rylance. He was in. Uh, oh, Trial of Chicago 7. That's it. Oh, okay. Um, it's Kiwe Kwan. It's, it's an incredible performance. Yeah, Steve, I, I assume it's I think I still got to go Affleck just because that's such a like performance I'm keyed into. But Kiwi Kwan is not far off. Uh, sporting actress Janelle Monet versus Susanna Sun versus Talia Ryder. Now be Glass Onion, Red Rocket, and uh, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always. <laughs> uh, Janelle Monet for me. I, I agree. Uh, Susanna Sun, I think. Also, have seen that movie starting to play on cable a lot. Premium channels, obviously. And, I don't know, very into those performances still. Just, I don't know. It's a, it's a tight back. That movie, I was going to say shouldn't work, because I was like, I would argue it sort of didn't. Um, oh, at least Kelly would argue it definitely didn't. But, you know. Uh, actor, Brendan Fraser, Simon Rex, Ben Affleck. And that would be, um, wow, I really like Ben Affleck. Uh, the Whale... Red Rocket, um, the uh, the hell is that movie called? Uh, the, the Way Back, movie. right? Yeah, The Way Back. I wanted to be like, oh, The Comeback. Uh, <coughs> just going on performance, I'll go Fraser. I'm going to go Affleck. I mean, they're so hard to separate from me. You know what? I'll go Simon Rex. So again, all three get, get votes. I like this one. Um, actress Michelle Yao, Kristen Stewart, Sidney Flanagan, Everything Everywhere, Spencer, Never Rarely. Uh, Yao yeah, for me. Stewart. Flanagan. You see what I'm going to do here when that happens, right? <laughs> um, runner-ups, if we want to do something. I'm like, sure, let's do them. The Daniels, Sean Baker, David Fincher, and director. Uh, Daniels. Wait, Fincher for what? Mag. Uh... He was my runner-up and director that year. Yeah, the Daniels. I'll go Sean Baker. Supporting actor, Paul Dano, Jason Isaacs, Bill Murray. And that would be um, Fableman's, Mass, and uh, the hell was the Sofia Coppola movie called? On the Rocks? Uh, on the Rocks. Wait, can you repeat the nominees? Paul Dano, Fableman's. These are the runner-ups and supporting actor. Jason Isaacs, Mass, and Bill Murray on the rocks. Who would you pick? Uh, Dano for me. I'm going Bill Murray. I'll go Isaac. so we have the split. I'm just going to keep doing that, unless I have a strong opinion. But Dan- Dano, Dano would be my second one. I think Murray might be my third at this point, though he is good in that. Uh, supporting actress, Carrie Mulligan, Ann Dowd, Amanda Seyfried. So she said Mass and Mank. Boy, I gave Mank more awards than I thought. Or runner-ups. Yeah. I guess uh, it is very much a runner-up movie, right? Well, very much so. 
Yeah. Uh, out of that group, I'll <laughs> excuse me. I'll go Mulligan. Sifrid. Uh, oh, good because I was going to pick Hand Out no matter what. Because mess is nothing about an actory performance. This is very funny. Nicholas Cage versus Nicholas Cage versus Chadwick Boseman. Oh God! I assume pig and uh, massive talent, respectively. Yes. Uh, I go Nicholas Cage pig. I'm gonna go with the same. Yeah, I gotta go Nicholas Cage pig. It was it was it was almost not upsetting, but it was when when Simon Rex was as good as he had people had said he was that I was like, oh my god, I think I'm picking him over over Cage because Cage and Pig is such a revelation, especially when you first see it and you're like, holy shit. Um, and finally, Sophia Capel, Renata Rensev, and Carrie Mulligan. So that would be uh, pleasure, the worst person in the world, and promising young woman. Um. I might actually go Renata for worst person. Yeah. I'm going Mulligan. Ooh. I mean, I'm the only one who saw a pleasure. You know what? I'll do it so everyone gets the, the pick. So no one no one technically loses. All right. Oscar season chatter is officially on. Um, we had the Critics' Choice Awards and the PGA nominations, which will lead into our final predictions. Critics' Choice... Again, as I wrote several times, the crossover is not there. Just like with the Globes. The one thing I will concede, not even concede because I, I mean, I'm a voting member and on like, I'm the vice president. I'm something with the Super Awards. So, but don't send me your Super Awards complaints. I get it. Leave me alone. Um, but because it's a televised award show, much like with, with Golden Globes, sometimes the speeches help. So... There is a case or two where we can talk about that. But also, you know, this is this is just one side of the coin. Um, so quickly, we'll go through the winners before we get into stuff. Um, the the TV stuff, I don't think there's even a little bit of uh, crossover with Emmy. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, interesting, you know, Zendaya and, and people like that. I mean, Steve Bob Odenkirk, one actor in a drama. Like, there's no real, like, surprises because TV critics, I think, are very clearly stating what they're into throughout the year. So I don't think you really get shocks. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't I don't look to this as any kind of No, no. It's a it's a secondary thing. Like I don't even I don't even vote for the TV awards. Like I never I never put in for it. I was like it's I mean, not my special I'd love to see Better Call Saul walk away with some Sure. some big awards, but um I mean, you know, Andor got nominated, so that was cool, but also they nominated 10, so I get it. All right. So score for a film. This one was a surprise because uh, Hildor won uh, fresh off our interview up yeah. on Awards Radar now. She was lovely. But she won for Tar. And I like Tar. And I think music is essential to Tar. So I understand how it got voted for. But there's very little of her score there. So I'm kind of confused about the win. You know what I mean? I suspect it's a... Because wasn't Women Talking also nominated? Yes, she was nominated for both. Yeah, so I think it was not quite a vote split, but it's one of those things where they had to choose one if it's going to go to her. I think there might have been. They leaned towards the musically inclined film, even if the score doesn't necessarily reflect. I think there was a lot of split here because it was Displa for for Pinocchio, also interviewed on the site, Michael Giacchino for The Batman, Hildor for Tar and Woman Talking, Justin Hurwitz, interviewed up on the site, for Babylon, the presumed frontrunner, and John Williams for The Fablemans, who definitely got votes. So there was. Three, maybe four real contenders here. So I guess the 
the bar to clear for being the, the highest vote total was probably small. I would venture a guess that this was a very close one, two. Yeah. Just by virtue of how it worked out. Song, you had you have the basically you have the five predicted nominees and also uh the song from White Noise. And not to not to one from RRR. Yay. One, I think if ever it was gonna win somewhere, it would have been with Critics Choice, right? Literally been put forward as a thing by critics. But also I think it also benefits from the fact that the the two blockbusters are going to split whatever vote there is for the big celebrity singers with a little bit going to Taylor Swift if she even gets nominated. It just makes that win seem, as we'll talk about in a little bit, like I think that that's going to win. Yeah, that's you know? where I'm at right now, for yeah. sure. Uh, it also won foreign language film, which, again, makes sense. And it won't happen at Oscar for dumb, dumb reasons. But it did beat All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina, Bardo, Close, and Decision to Leave, like uh, critically acclaimed films. Uh, Pinocchio won animated feature. Not surprising at all. Best comedy was an interesting vote because Glass Onion wins. And it beats, I mean, obviously also nominated Bros, Triangle of Sadness, Massive Talent. But it beats Banshees and Everything Everywhere. The Oscar frontrunners in terms of like from this category. Don't well, know what that as, means. as we'll get into, I think Banshees walked away empty-handed, didn't it? Yes, it did. Um, or maybe got one. I don't know. I think it might have gotten nothing. No, actually. empty-handed. Yeah. Visual effects went to Avatar. That's just happening. Hair and makeup went to Elvis over The Whale and everything everywhere, which is interesting. But I think there's also that like small contingent of people who are just like, I won't vote for The Whale for anything. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a lot of Elvis fans out there. That's true. I think Elvis turned out to be more popular than people realize, especially like there was a small segment of people who didn't like it, myself included, but more people than not were like, I'm into it. Costume design, Ruth Carter, Black Panther. She might be able to, uh, to get this one again. Could be it's such a wide open race there. I have no idea. I actually, there, I, there's I no Cruella this year to lead the pack. No, there's nothing like that. Um, editing went to everything everywhere all at once. As Which I think is, I feel like, and we'll talk about this later, I think it's going to be Top Gun at, at Oscar because they love most, but everything everywhere has a lot of editing also. It just, I don't know. It, it, it'll be an interesting test, you know, in the same way that we love to make editing a test for things. Uh, production design with the Babylon, it's probably Babylon's to win. Potentially. I mean, we'll yeah. see how they go for it. Yeah, because that, that's one of those ones that's a huge question mark just in general. Oh, yeah. Like what 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 the nominees are eventually will tell us a lot also. And is there a a picture nominee that has no chance of winning, but is using a slot there to be a show of force, you know, in, in the Roma kind of kind of breed where you're like, oh, my God, nominated for production design. One, you realize there is a lot, but also you go, well, they really like that film. Maybe they should have liked it more, but still um, cinematography. Claudio Miranda, Top Gun Maverick. Um, as we, I think we hinted at, like Claudio Miranda got, got, we talked about ASC, right? Last week? Uh, you believe so, yeah. Yeah. Claudio Miranda, one of the nominees for ASC. Like, Top Gun gonna win cinematography? It's, it's seeming increasingly likely. I, that's one that I think I've seen more consistently than any other. I mean, Janusz Kaminski does not have an ASC nomination. Though I don't remember if they always nominate him or never do. I don't remember. Uh, he's somebody who goes back and forth. He's been nominated. Yeah. And he's probably. But he's also, I times. think, been snubbed. 
I don't know. Um, um we could probably. look this up if we can. I mean, he, yeah, he's got so many Spielberg credits that they can't all get in. Exactly. And then um, Russell Carpenter was not nominated by ASC. Deacons was, though, and, and he's here. Um, so we'll see. I think when we when we look at it, it's like how much of the ASC five are you going with? Uh, adaptive screenplay went to Sarah Polly that, like I said last week, until we know really the the lineup it's hard to you can't bet against her yet but you it's hard to know what number two is because i think number two has a viable chance and when we talk about adapted for oscar the uh uh, usc scripter award came out the nominations which is a best adapted screenplay not like full-on predictor because they have a a very specific type of adapt adaptation that they like but you know, winning ASC is not a bad thing. Original screenplay was The Daniels, beating Martin McDonough. Director was The Daniels, which I think was 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 one of the surprises of the night. Um, and probably benefited from a vote split. Also, there were 10 nominees. So, uh, again, you probably... I think having 10 nominees made it very likely that almost anyone in the top tier could have won. So I would have been surprised if it was The Daniels... Or if it was Spielberg, I honestly wouldn't have been surprised if it was Raj Mooley. I'm sure he's got like the people who are behind him are passionately behind him. I feel like Todd Field, the Daniels, Spielberg, and Raj Mooley were were the top echelon. Of that that tracks, and it probably could have been any of them. Um, ensemble went to Glass Onion, another spot that could have gone the Banshees, and young actor actress Gabriel Labelle for the Fablemans, great. Great win, but also the only win for the Fablemans. Yeah. Which was, uh, again, I mean, you want to win things, but I don't pay a ton of attention to this. The Fablemans is pretty clearly a movie critics love and like, but aside from me and like a couple other people, it seems, don't go to bat for it as number one. It feels like there's other things that need your help more. And that's just how this works. Supporting actress Angela Bassett. This is uh, starting to seem like a, a walk to Oscar. Kiwai Kwan. And supporting actor, same deal. I think, barring a shocking snub, he's locked. It seems like there's just, like we've said last week. There's no number two yet, and you can't not have a yeah. number two yet in a big category like this. Same with supporting actress, um, actress Kate Blanchett for Tar. Um, it's going to be I've got a lot of eyes on SAG for this one, or maybe it's just Kate Blanchett <clears throat> at the end of the day. Though when we talk about actress, there are two sort of. There's one late-breaking contender, and then there's how much stock do we put into one. Actor went to Brendan Fraser for The Whale, gave a really, really good speech, like I said off-air, um, hit all the points you wanted an Oscar winner's speech to make, which is this is, I think, where things can matter. Um, giving a good speech that people, if they watch, pay attention, or gets an article. You know, he, he was emotional and cried. He was very appreciative. He made some lighthearted jokes. He, he made a very emotional point at the end. And and subtly reminded the Academy, like, hey, I've put in my time, even if you didn't care about furry vengeance and all this, like, I, I've been working a long time. And also, there's no guarantee that I will get another movie like this again. So, you know, if you're if you're deciding between Austin Butler, Colin Farrell and I, Austin Butler is going to get offered every role for the next five years. Right. You would assume he's not going to yeah. hurt for top tier roles. Colin Farrell has uh, like reached the point now where people besides critics are like, oh, wait, he's a really good actor. 
we it took years to kind of convince people right that it wasn't like oh one role here or there like no this is an actor he's not just like a pretty boy and i think in a way the academy could be like oh we're now we're gonna start nominating him and like we'll get him right. for one of them um or like you know maybe he'll work with yorgos again and like we'll be all in on both of them so there there seems like there's there's a there's a narrative that you could tell of like guys don't 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 keep nominating. Don't keep giving Oscars a strong pen. When you could go Bill Murray, you could go Mickey Rourke. You could honor the like once in a lifetime performance as opposed to someone who will consistently do this. And picture was everything everywhere all at once. Real, take, real quick on yeah. uh, Brendan Fraser, I think this uh, this win and especially the speech was a massive sort of coup for like his prospects because we've been talking about over the past few weeks he went from the presumed front runner to like he's in the three but where in the three is he probably not number one um and i think now that that narrative has sort of been refreshed in people's minds um especially because there was a decent amount of backlash against the whale i think there's a lot of people who are like pulling for him enough that they can overlook whatever problems they might have with it. Which also leads into two things. One, um, the movie is a box office success for an indie film this year. And very few have been. So I don't know how many people are aware of this, but I just want to give you a couple of numbers here. And then I also want to mention the two precursors before we get into predictions. So, as of yesterday, two days ago, whenever the last time they, they did a count, right? Let me, I think I have to back up one day to find where the whale is. All right. So at the moment, the whale has made oh, about $11.1 million, right? That's a lot of money, right? For this movie. For a movie like this? Absolutely. Well, let me give you a comparison now. That is uh, <clears throat> in a month of release, right? In twice the length, The Fablemans has made $14 million. In a little less time, but with higher expectations, that was 14.3 for The Fablemans. In, what is that, a little less time, the higher expectations, Babylon, 14.8. Women Talking, in a little less time, 665000 Broker, same idea, 575000 um, now there's there's uh, there's other exceptions like the menu did really well right, but Qatar 102 days of release and if you remember opened that first weekend pretty well right people were mm-hmm. like oh shit like uh, it's made 5.8 million 88 days of release for the Banshees of Inisherin credit to it still being in theaters while it's on HBO in the same way that um the menu is like Searchlight and by virtue um I guess Disney is just kind of like. Whatever, leave it in some theaters. Banshees has made 9.2. Empire of Light, 1.1. 102 Days, Triangle of Sadness, like has hung around all season, right? 4.2. Like like it is maybe the indie hit of the year in a weird way. So I think that is noteworthy, right? That means people are going out of their way to see it and talking about it. Combine that with the PGA nominations, right? PGA is for producers, they love when things are profitable, they love when things do well, right? Their nominees were Avatar The Way of Water, Banshees of Inisherin, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Elvis, Everything Everywhere, The Fablemans, Glass Onion, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, and The Whale. Now, 
recently, especially, there's been at least one film that misses from PGA. But keep in mind that they nominated one, two, three, four sequels. And it's easy to look at that and go, well, Black Panther maybe is even more likely to miss than The Whale. Maybe Glass Onion is more likely to miss than The Whale, depending on what happens with All Quiet on the Western Front and the Netflix of it all. So there's a there's a world in which it like the whale could be a pretty safe nine or ten. Maybe. Yeah. Well, we'll get into <clears throat> that when we get into predictions. Exactly. But, I, but I, I, I agree with the train of thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, I'll give you USC scripter and then we'll get into the categories. They went with Pinocchio. I mean, I, you know, based on particularly classic source material, they do like that. Living. Based on a Tolstoy novel, she said, based on like a defining nonfiction book of of like the current movement, right? Top Gun Maverick. What do you th- do? You, do you know offhand what Top Gun Maverick is based on? Is it not? Oh well, no, it's based on like an article or something. A isn't it? 1983 California Magazine article, Top Guns. Incredible. And women talking based on the novel of the same name. So no, no, no whale. Now, it's a play, so I don't know if they even do that. I don't know offhand, so forgive me if I'm if they do when they don't, and they just snubbed it, or they don't. Um, interesting that White Noise didn't make it for, like, adapting the unfilmable novel. Um, and, like, you know, other things didn't, didn't catch on, but I think living Top Gun, maybe, and women talking are probably going to translate. And then She Said got a nice boost. And Pinocchio is like, I mean, I guess I, I have to like boost that up, maybe. I don't know. We'll talk about it in a second. Yeah. All right. Predictions before we get to our, our, our treat at the end. Because this is the trick for Miles. Um, what didn't you do? So I know what not to bother with. Um, I So I expanded because I did a few that I hadn't done the previous time we did this. Uh, the shorts are the only ones I really didn't do. Because okay. I just I don't know enough of them or about enough of them to really. Sure. It, I, it's just throwing darts, basically. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I honestly have taken to not paying as much attention and, and not even making predictions this time for it, unless I maybe do final predictions before Tuesday. But if we're being honest, I, I probably will be preoccupied. Um, I will update final predictions between now and Tuesday. I promise everyone. But like, I don't know that I'm going to sit there and and do the the like back end work of putting pictures in and finding the IMDb stuff for for shorts when you know. Maybe you throw a dart and do okay and get a couple of four out of fives and boost your prediction total. It doesn't matter. I'm the boss. No one's firing me. And like, listen, the one that anyone knew was the Taylor Swift one, and it's not there. So it's not going to matter. In terms of like people paying attention. I don't think we're losing a reader because of that. All right. Documentary feature. A a potentially wide open race, right? Yeah. So what were there, 15 finalists or 10? Uh, So what I did is... um... I did 15 for picture, but then I just did eight for all the other categories. That's fine. I've, I feel like going much further than that, you're just listing. Oh, below the line, I only do 10. So I just didn't remember if the long list had or the short list had five that I didn't include. So my 10 is Hallelujah Leonard Cohen, A Journey of Song. I don't think it's really a factor. Okay, I have that in my five. Interesting. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it could. I, I, just, I, I think the name recognition might give it a boost, but it's also... With several of these categories, as we'll go on, 
it's hard to resist the urge to try and figure out where they're going to swerve because there's always swerves. There's always surprises. So it's just and, you know, sometimes it's a fool error and trying to guess the surprise. Oh, yeah. You've gone you've gone big to try to guess the surprise in a way. There's nothing wrong with that. I um, I tend to go safer unless I think about it a lot. And if we're being real, I don't know that I'm going to do that. But we'll see. Uh, My number nine is the Janes. Don't have that. My number eight is Bad Axe. I have that as my five. Right? Good. Yep. I was going to say that. I I actually put that in my five based on what I was hearing uh, from Steve. Yeah. And it's not for top my top top picks that I'd like to see on nomination. Well, I think what you're going to see when we get into the from I think Bad Axe on these eight are kind of like they're really interchangeable, and something will miss, and it's just well, what's going to miss? So my number seven is Navalny. Really, real quick, a a day after voting. Yeah. um, Bad Axe was just featured on Nightline as we're recording. You would have hoped oh. they would have done it the day before voting ended. Yeah, but, you know. it would have been. Yeah, but exactly. Um, so like Navalny is a great example of like it was super important, right? Got a real high profile. Like it's the secret screening kind of surprise thing at at Sundance. And they've had a whole bunch of screenings. It went it screened at Telluride. Like they really made a push. I, I, I don't know what to do with that one. So that's why I have it at seven. I do six, not have that one. Six. I have retrograde. That's my eight. Yeah. Which again, like if that gets in, I wouldn't be surprised. It's it's also it's it's a I think Matthew Heineman has an Oscar. Could Sounds be. Right. My, to be honest, my four through eight for this category yeah, yeah. are pretty interchangeable. Oh totally. Though I do know for for anecdotally that with prior winners, oftentimes once they give you a win, they just forget about you. Which means I think one of my predictions is wrong. But we'll talk about that in a second. So my number five is descendant. That's my six. My number four is Moonage Daydream. That's my three. Which I think maybe is it's that or Leonard Cohen. I don't know. There'll be two music. Yeah. Yeah. No, now that you say that, that's probably true. But um, I'm already, I'm not going to change it. <laughs> yeah. My number three is All That Breathes. Uh, seven. Which that one's won a bunch of things, but also feels more like the critic's choice. But also we yeah. don't know what the thing is. Uh, my number two is Fire of Love. Same. And my number one is All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. Same. And yeah, I think that's Which, the front runner at this. Well, it's kind of between the two because I feel like Fire of Love, like the people who like it really like it. Yeah, but we'll see. I also think All the Beauty and the Bloodshed could easily miss because of the aforementioned um, she won for Citizen Four. They could just be like, well, we're, we're not nominating you again. They do. That's that true. Well, if that happens, then I think Fire of Love might be in a really good spot. Agreed. Steve, what do you think? You just want Bad Axe. Um, I, I really think Bad Axe will slip in there. Maybe I, I I will I will think about it before the uh, the. I, I have a prediction out of your five, which will slip out, and I think it's your number four. Moonage Daydream, for some reason, there's always that film that you go, oh, of course it's going to be in there, and then like, nope, didn't make it. Documentary al- almost always has a few shockers. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, you, you don't get this one right. Uh, five out of five, you just don't. Yeah. International. Um. So again, these are these are not my final predictions. They're they're Miles's, um, but I, I'll sort of tell you where I'm thinking. So <clears throat> my number ten is Return to Soul. I have that at six because it's gotten a really big sort of late season push, and sometimes oh, yeah. that helps. <clears throat> and they they like Sony Sony Classics had the the star and the filmmaker doing a lot at Toronto. I think went to Telluride and like was doing New York stuff. Like they made a big push of like have some FaceTime with these people and. That never hurts. My number nine is Holy Spider. 
I have that at five because that's one that I'd been hearing a lot of like enthusiasm for beyond totally. just like the general praise. My number eight is Saint Omer. That's my seven. My number seven is Corsage. That's my eight. Corsage has that weird thing where like it might also get a costume design nomination. Totally. Yeah. It's it's hard to know where the ceiling is on that one. Yep. My number six is EO. I don't have that one. I, I, maybe, I think, maybe that's – there's another – I think we're s- both poisoned. Certain someone that's coming up later on that I'm like being willfully ignorant of. It could totally get in, but I'm not – you won't catch me being the one to call it. Sure. My number five is Bardo. I don't have that one. I, and maybe that's misguided, but I don't know. It just – it really kind of disappeared from the conversation. Sure. But is the Netflix of it all – the Netflix of it all, he's a previous winning director, which... Yeah, yeah. It's whether or not they're cognizant as a hive mind, kind of, of do we reserve a spot? We're not going to give him the win. He's already been he- been here, done that. Right. He's got enough Oscars. Like, what do we do? But also, there's plenty of people who like it. They're, they're, you hear a lot of conflicting reports about how well, who it's played better for. The rumors are it played very well for the industry. Because it kind of is a movie about movies. Um, my number four is Close. Uh, that's my three. Um, you heard a lot of talk about it winning. That's kind of faded. But it yeah, also I, hasn't I don't really see opened. that, but I, it feels very safe to get nominated at totally. least. Uh, my number three is Decision to Leave. I've got that at two. Um, that's the one that I feel like kind of critics will push for. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number two is Argentina 1985. That's my four, uh, but I feel pretty safe that it's getting in exactly and my number one is all quiet on the western front yeah same i, I think R should be here but what do you do you would you would think like what a more interesting lineup i know i know like if rrr was in this could be an all-timer international feature lineup yep um let's do animated real quick because that's a that's an easy one at least at the top um i don't care a lot about this one because i don't think the year cared so i'll just say i think there i think the five barring a surprise or might be the five my number five is wendell and wild oh interesting i have that at six even though i'd like it to get in interesting uh that's why we well the reason being there's a lot of stop motion representation this year and i have a feeling they might put a cap on that could be my number four is turning red i have that at three my number three is puss in boots I have that at four. My number two is Marcel the Shell. Same. And my number one is Pinocchio. Same. And so I what have, do you have uh, instead of Wendell Wild? Uh, Apollo ten and a half. I have that seven. I just I just think they don't care about it as much as I wish Maybe, they would watch but it. But I also feel like with animated in particular, there it sometimes feels like there's a conscious effort to vary it up, and that's sure, why yeah. you sometimes see like the Secret of Kells or like something that nobody was talking about. Oh, sort yeah. of sneak in. Well, I and, think I think that could be that, something like Inuo or something like that. I don't know. Well, but like what I have a feeling that Apollo stands out, and that could help it. Yeah, yeah. My number six is Lightyear. That's not going to stay at number six, even though they haven't missed a Toy Story yet. It's my seven, but I agree. I don't think it's getting in. I think one of the surprises, my number eight, could be Eternal Spring. I don't think I know again, that one. It's the it's an animated documentary. It's an animated foreign documentary. Oh, uh, and I don't yeah, know with, without without we, a flea level of like hype behind it, it's hard to see that. They were they did a couple of events. I moderated one. Actually, Abe moderated one. Apparently, we're moderating Q and A's for this film. Um, oh, there you go. It's good. It's interesting. I think it's too small. Um, and then yeah, it's it's 
is the other one going to be one of the the tiny G kids type thing? Like things that honestly I haven't seen yet. And, or is it going to be like my number nine is DC League of Super Pets? Is it just going to oh, be something Christ. completely throwaway like that? Or my number ten is the Sea Beast, which Netflix is like we have other movies we prioritize. Yeah, no, that one early on seemed like might be a contender, but just kind of faded away. I have Strange World at eight, which does not I had deserve it for to while. be there, but it's the Disney of it all. Yeah, but I think they'll be happy with the Pixar representation, and also they they have the you know their argument is always look how much money it made, how beloved it is, and as much as it really apparently do that has here, <laughs> yeah, apparently it has done well on uh, Disney Plus, but also you know as voting got started, the the buzz was like, wow, no one fucking saw Strange World. So, and the people who saw it didn't like it much. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. I mean, the end result is still Pinocchio. Yeah, a thousand yeah. percent. All right. Steve, you agree? Your four, your, your four top four are... Exactly. It's it's playing around with five. Roll the dice. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to see Wendell and Wild get in, but we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll uh, see have get in. Me too. I wish. Uh, original song. Also, by the way, my interview with Richard Linklater on the site, if you also love Apollo 10 and a half. All right. So with song. There's, it's hard to t- it's hard to say. We'll see. Uh, my number ten is the song from Avatar: The Way of Water. Nothing is lost. You give me strength. I've got that at seven. I feel like that num- could be a coattail nomination. Maybe my number nine is Applause from Tell It Like a Woman because Diane Warren. Oh, uh, I was I knew there was a Diane Warren song in play, but I couldn't remember what it was. Okay, well, I don't f- have that. Trying to figure out because she's getting the honorary one. Will they not nominate her this time? Oh, maybe. I don't but know. But then again, like, wh- what was even the movie called that she Tell did it last like a year? Woman. Oh, um, last year? I remember it just uh, oh, showed up. Good I, Days? Yeah, that's the one. Like, yeah, yeah, the, the one fucking, that played the Sunday fucking movie the that before. maybe doesn't exist. <laughs> I saw it. It was not great. Um, number eight, Stand Up from Till. I would watch uh, out for I, one, I have that at five because I feel yeah. like that's a category of song that they tend to be very friendly to. Exactly. I... I I'm debating what to do with that one. My number seven is Till You're Home from a Man Called Otto. Kind of breaking at the right time. Maybe. I don't have it on there, but I could definitely see it happening. Yeah. Um, Rita Wilson doing some press for that. Uh, my number six is New Body Rumba from White Noise. Netflix really I, did try with that one. Yeah, I've got that at eight because that's yeah. like one of the things I keep hearing about the movie is the song. Totally. Uh, my number five is uh, Carolina from Where the Crawdads Sing. I that's, have that at a six, but that's a very, you know, mm, it, in I, five and six, I have pretty interchangeably. They have snubbed Taylor Swift a couple times and also, um, you know, didn't advance the short when that mm-hmm. seemed like a pretty, you know, there was a very concerted effort this year to be like, take her seriously. Obviously, the the upcoming film she's going to she's going to write and direct. So I, I think she's vulnerable, but I also think some of that is just them not taking her seriously when they should. Right. And and they might regret that at some point. Like, it does not seem like. I don't know. It seems like they're on the wrong side of history, whether you like her or not, in terms of like status in the industry. But that's not new for them. Um, it's interesting when we talk about um, actress and actor, you know, there are two contenders who are playing people who were movie stars while also being other things that were never cited by the Academy. Right. And they might get cited and one in one case might win. So there's interesting things going on. I just think like. In the way of like, you know, think of your giant movie stars. I mean, your music stars, Madonna and all these these people. Like a lot, a lot of times the Academy has has gotten too late to them. Not too late, but you know what I mean? Like they could have 
Like they, they don't cash in while they're popular. Exactly. Like they're you would think they were at the height of their popularity. I should say. Yeah. Like, wouldn't you? You know, for a place that is fairly cognizant of ratings, probably poorly because they don't do it well. Wouldn't they want to advertise Taylor Swift performs at the Oscars? You would think. You would think. Um, but it's very vulnerable. My number four is Chow Papa from Pinocchio. It's Same. The most that feels dis- pretty safe. Yeah, it's the most disposable, I think, of the songs. But because they like that film, I think it's it's coming along. I, I think it's coming along to boost sort of Pinocchio in general. But I agree. That's not my favorite song yeah. from that movie. My number three is Lift Me Up from Black Panther. Same. It had its moment like right as that movie debuted. But I think the, the oddly the emotion of that movie kind of faded. Yeah, so well, I think like, everything about it kind of faded. Like, I, I was surprised to see it show up at PGA because I, you know, yeah. I feel like a lot of outside of Angela Bassett, a lot of the buzz there kind of died off. I do wonder if, like, maybe Marvel is starting to be a PGA force and, like, showing up. So, like, do you, have to, do you have to, like, weigh that and be like, well, do we give it half credit kind of thing? My number two is Hold My Hand from Top Gun. Same. It could win. could still win. They like Gaga, but they also maybe, like, do does Gaga need a second? People who think she needs a million, don't get at me. I, I I love the song. Like I wanted her to win for a Star Wars board for actress too. Like I'm I'm probably an ally. I don't know. The song's good. It's also like was on the radio. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's the not popular like, choice for sure. Sure, it's the probably the, the song that most people have heard because I think it, I'm pretty sure it played on the radio and it actually does play a really good. It play if for being a towards the end of the movie song, it plays really well there. Yeah, and. For sure. um, when you when you so I well they it. do the smart sorry they do Go the ahead. smart thing of like they've got like they don't like let it play over the black credits you know what no. I mean because songs like that are easy to forget they like they have the montage of the actors and they have the last few shots of the plane flying around like so you get to really soak in the song before you leave the exactly movie. and I think and that I, helps it staying power and I also noticed that threads of the song are in the score yes which is always nice. Um, also, it's why she got that score credit. I don't imagine she wrote more of the score. I think that was part of the, you know, the allure of it all. And my number one is not to not to from RRR. It's just it's peaking at the right moment. And it, it just it seems like anyone who gives it a shot has to be like, yeah, I'm in. And I think you can even watch it independent of the movie and still be like, sure, let's do it. Oh, I have many, many times. No, that's well, you also like the that's movie. The one. I do. But like. That scene in isolation is also like my favorite thing this year. And like, sure. And I've, I've talked about it before. Like the thing that will be the best thing in the telecast is when they, is when they perform the song. <laughs> yep. Let's, let's go through real quick. Though. Yeah. I have two words for you. Good afternoon. Come on. Oh yeah. I forgot about that one. Not in your 10. I, I, I actually, honestly be your, your five. It, it's oh no, it could definitely feeling. get in. I'm, I'm probably gonna, gonna eliminate something. I just didn't. I'm loath to eliminate Diane Warren because it's Diane Warren. And that, and it, I don't know. I, I have this weird feeling that like Rita Wilson is trying very hard and like good for her. And that might pay off. So maybe the Avatar song has to go. Which one is the have, good afternoon? Spirited. It's from Spirited. Oh, oh yeah. Ryan Reynolds. You have, uh, well, he's, uh, yeah, he's Jackman in the talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the news because Hugh Jackman did that campaign for him where he's like, don't nominate Ryan Reynolds. He'll be unbearable. Plus it, you have Apple behind it. So. True. I will. I will. Yeah. Our, our former, uh, it's advertising excellent. masters. It's really excellent. And, and it has, it's written by well a team of people, but two Academy award winners. Oh, is it basic and Paul? 
Yes. Oh yeah, and they and they weren't shortlisted for uh, Lyle Lyle Crocodile. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, um, it's a good thing you're pitching the Steve the day after the Apple ads came off the site. Anything. So no one can accuse you of being bought. Oh, or, I guess, yeah. or I guess me. Um, I was just gonna say let's go a little quicker through the below the line stuff because we still want to get to uh, Armand. Um, score. I'm assuming we all say Babylon's winning right now. That's what I've got. Yeah. Okay, I'll go through my. I, I don't think the. So here, I think Babylon is safe. I think the Fablemans is safe. I think Pinocchio is safe. I think Women Talking is safe. Interesting. So I have both Fablemans and Women Talking just outside my five. Interesting. Six well, my and five, seven, respectively. My five is She Said. And my six, seven, eight are Black Panther, Avatar, and Banshees. Nine is Women Talking, ten is Glass Onion. Where are you at? So my one is Babylon. My two is Tar, because I think they're actually going to... Oh, is it not? Yeah. Well, then I'll fucking it was not switch it out. I'm going to switch was not it out right eligible. now for women yeah. talking. Oh, there you go. You're like, well, Hildor's getting in. Boom. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident Hildor's getting in, but I thought it was going to yeah. be for something different. Okay. Well, that simplifies things. So what you're all saying right. is it's pretty. It's a lot closer than we said a minute ago. Suddenly it's a lot closer. Well, I knew yeah. they were going to get Hildur in because yeah. she'd had such a great year. It was just a matter of what for. And they also yeah, do come back to then. They love prior nominees and they really love prior winners. Well, and also, to be fair, because Women Talking is going to have a very interesting Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I could totally see it being one of those things where, like, it just gets, like, the one or two below the lines and that's yep. it kind of thing. I mean, this the, um, the she said at five might be a little wishful thinking for me, but it's also Nicholas Patel. Well, that's the thing. Like, I would have put – here, I'll put she said at eight just because I really like that score and I think it should be considered. But I also – I just don't think it has the buzz behind it. Do you have Banshees in the five? I do. So my mm. five is he gets currently. Snub, he gets snubbed so much. He does, but the movie has a lot more groundswell than his films. Sure. Like this, there wasn't this kind of uh, support for like Tragedy and Macbeth last year. Totally, totally. Um, so my five is Babylon, Women Talking, Black Panther, Pinocchio, and Banshees. Okay. Black but Panther yeah, also. With Fableman, yeah. Avatar is my seven, and now she, she oh, said yeah. my. I mean, uh, Black Panther has the same conversation. Prior nominee and winner, like. Are they going to go for it or is it? Or have they moved on? It's hard to say. Um, Steve, thoughts or are we moving on? All right. Uh, visual effects, also a very easy one. Uh, everyone say Avatar. Avatar. Yeah. Um, I uh, My 10 is all quiet on the Western Front, but like who knows? Could get nominated everywhere, right? Um, yep. Probably got to move that one up. My 9 is 13 lives. It just it showed up there and I know um, Amazon was really trying there. I have Fantastic Beasts at eight because I think it nominated or won previously. Seven Jurassic World, which I heard did very well in the Bake Off. So that one's uh, my five. Yeah. Um, I have Nope at six. I'm probably going to move that down a little bit. That's my seven. Uh, I have Top Gun at five. That's my two. Mm. I mean, it's interchangeable in in the loser. Um, My number four is Black Panther. That's also my four. My number three is Batman. That's my six. I'd like it to get in, but I have a feeling the practical stuff is going to get overshadowed. True. And my two is Doctor Strange. That's my three. Yeah. It doesn't matter at this point. And I have Thor at eight, but yeah, I agree. It doesn't matter at that point. Sound. Are we all on Top Gun? Yes. Okay. Uh, Ten, I have Pinocchio. I have that at eight. Nine, I have Moonage Daydream. Don't have it. Eight, I have everything everywhere all at once. That's my seven. Seven, I have Batman. Uh, that's my two. Mm. 
Six, I have Babylon. Don't have it. Five, I have Elvis. That's my four. Four, I got Black Panther. My six. Three, I have All Quiet on the Western Front. Don't have it. It's a war movie. I feel like it's in. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's probably smart. Yeah. And two, I have Avatar. That's my three. Uh, I think the only one that I have that you didn't was uh, I have Tar at five. Uh, sure. Though I don't know if it's eligible. I think this is the 10 that I mentioned. Well, if it's not eligible, I'll just replace it with All Quiet. Sure, sure. Then... Um, someone didn't consult the short list, did he? No, I consulted your lists. So okay. <laughs> um, they may where be applicable, I, I have the, uh, the, the short list at 10. Sometimes it's 15, though, so you never know. Um, makeup and hairstyling, which I believe also is a 10. Um, my 10 is Emancipation. Don't have it. My number nine is Crimes of the Future. That's my eight. Wishful thinking, but you exactly. never know. Uh, my eight is Amsterdam. Oh, God. Do not have it. It's it's Charleston. Um, seven is Blonde. Uh, I have that at three. I think it needs another nomination, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure I want to like match up. That may be one where like, I'm willing to take a loss. Uh, six is Babylon. Uh, seven for me. Five, I have All Quiet in the Western Front. Same. Four, I have Black Panther. That's my six. Three, I have Batman. Uh, that's my two. Two, I have Elvis. That's my four. And one, I have The Whale. Same. Um, again, I, I might tinker, but I don't know. I feel decently good about the five. Sure. Um, editing. This one's going to maybe play an Oscar. Could do. Well, these are all going to play an Oscar, arguably. Oh, yeah. Well, I meant the top tier in terms yeah, of yeah. Uh, best picture correlation. Um, this definitely needs to be worked on right now. I have Batman at 10. Actually, Don't have it. Babylon at 9. These are not going to happen. Oh, see, I have Babylon at 2. Interesting. I think that I think the maybe long, wildly the optimistic. Yeah. But I, Elvis it's at it's eight. one of those ones where I can see it doing really well in the technicals. Maybe. I have Elvis at uh, 8. I have that at 4. Black Panther at 7. I uh, don't have it. Tar at six. That's my five. Five is all quiet in the Western Front. That's my seven. Avatar four. Uh, don't have it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what to do with Avatar. Um, we'll it's harder this year to gauge how much they're going to go for it the way they did. Because like when the first well, it one came like out, it was, it, it was... Yeah, when the first one came out, it was so obvious, like, oh, it's just going to show up everywhere, and that's just going to be what it is. Here, it's not as clear. Like, it's definitely going to do well, but how well? But you don't know where to predict it's a miss, because it didn't do anything worse. Exactly. Um, And it started, like I was saying, started out the season gangbusters. Once the precursors began, it was everywhere. And it hasn't really missed a ton of stuff. It missed um, ASC when we talk about cinematography. Yeah. um, Notably. Um, So Avatar 4, Fableman's 3. That's my six. I think it needs it to have a chance at picture because it is that like old fashioned traditional movie. Right. And I'm, maybe I'm predicting subconsciously that if it misses there, that's the sign that it's not winning picture. Could be. Uh, two is Top Gun. That's my three. One is Everything Everywhere. Same. Uh, I think it's between Top Gun and Everything Everywhere. I would agree with that. Um, we, we, yeah, I think. 
I think it might even be leaning Top Gun, just because I think that's where it's going to... Um, we'll see what happens with Ace Eddie. Yeah. Costume design. Here I'm actually... I have one outlier, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, my 10 is Avatar. I'm sure it's Don't not going it. to get in, but it, it got a, it got a, a Costume Designer's Guild nomination. My number nine is Blonde. Uh, that's my seven. Eight is Women Talking. Same. Seven is Fableman's. Uh, oh, I don't have it. Oh, Six wait, no, hold on. I have Glass Onion on here twice somehow, so oh. I'll put Fableman's. Well, that's my Fableman's five. is my four. There you go. Um, Glass Onion is at, my two. <laughs> all right. Everything Everywhere at six, Glass Onion at five. Uh, I don't have Everything Everywhere, but I have, yeah, Glass Onion at two. Uh, here's my wild card. My number four is Living. Interesting. Because it's Sandy I do not Powell. have that one. And while oh, I know fair the, enough. The, the, I just, the that's that movie that like, Maybe it exists, but I haven't seen any evidence that it exactly. Exists. And then it's going to wind up with five nominations on Oscar morning. And you're like, oh, we'll either get oh. five or like even nine. He doesn't get in. I think he's in no matter what. And I think screenplay might be safer than we realize. So like it could Maybe. be looking at two, which I then means that third is not super hard, which means like, I don't know, is this higher in picture than I was? You know, you start to do all that nonsense. Um, right. My number, th- my number three is Black Panther. That's my five. My two is Elvis. That's my one. My number one is Babylon. That's my three. Yeah. I probably need to switch to Elvis, but I'm going to, I'm going to, for winners, I'm going to kind of wait until the, the guilds actually get Sure, sure. Um, here's a fun one. Cinematography. Because, boy, did they go in an inter- interesting direction at uh, ASC, right? Mm-hmm. So ASC, for those who didn't pay attention, you only get partial credit on the test. As I look to see if we uh, listed them as ASC or American Society of Cinematographers, I guess we did not do. One second. Here we go. Um, so the nominees for the ASC award, which is the Guild for Cinematography, um, they almost always nominate the winner, by the way. And I think the ASC five usually turns into four or sometimes three. Uh, they went Deacons for Empire of Light. They went Greg Fraser for the Batman. So right off the bat, you're like, they're throwing wild cards here. Darius Konji, Bardo. Claudio Miranda, Top Gun, Mandy Walker, Elvis. So that sure feels like Claudio Miranda for the ASC prize, right? Yeah. All right, so let's go through my 10. My number 10 is Banshees. I don't have it, but I could definitely see it getting in. Yeah. My number nine is Black Panther. Don't have it. My number eight is Babylon. That's my three. He, I feel like he really needed that AS. That, 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 uh, you ASC. could be right. My number seven is Empire of Light. That's my eight. Yeah, hard to know what to do with Deacons. Well, th- uh, that's the thing. I Do they nominate it just for Deacons and it doesn't show up anywhere else? Or yeah. do they just ignore it? My six is Bardo. That's my seven. Because remember, remember once upon a time I was saying like they should be pitching Bardo as director of cinematography international? Just like yeah. only say that. Well, <laughs> maybe. No. Um, my five is Avatar. That's my four. I, I, I'm debating dumping Avatar. Yeah, it's it's on the outskirts. I'm debating dumping Avatar. My number four is Elvis. That's my six. Yeah, I think Elvis is going to just take up a spot. Um, my, my three is Tar. That's my five. Um, which missed at ASC also. Uh, my number two is The Fablemans. Missed at ASC. Same. Um, hard to assume Kaminsky won't be in. And my number one is Top Gun. Same. And that's 
I feel like that's a head to win right now. Sure, especially as there isn't like what's the number two? We talk about that a lot. Yeah. And also, um they're gonna look, I think, to give Top Gun at least one Oscar. Well, right, because it could very much be a situation where it gets a ton of nominations, but that's the only one it walks away with. Exactly. Um maybe sound or something, but we'll maybe. see. Maybe. Production design. Um I don't feel strongly about the, the bottom of this list. Uh, Empire of Light at 10. Don't have it, but did think about it. Yep. Women Talking at 9. Uh, don't have it. See how much they care about the barn, right? My number 8 is Bardo. Don't have it. My number 7 is Everything Everywhere All at Once. That's my 8. My number 6 is Glass Onion. That's my 5. My 5 is Avatar. My 6. 4 is Elvis. That's my 3. Three is Black Panther. That's my two. Two is Fablemans. That's my four. Avatar, uh, Babylon is one. Same. And I think the only one I have that you didn't was uh, I have the Woman King at seven. Sure, maybe. Um, I don't have a good sense of this category beyond like I think Babylon gets its win here. If not, uh, give or take score. Sure. Um, all right. We're going to get into the top one. Steve, you got to try in more now. Possibly. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I uh, let's do adapted. Let me pull that up. Um, adapted screenplay. So again, we have that weird. Um, actually, I go re- I go to twenty, so we're not going to do twenty. We're not going to do twenty, but this is this as we check in on Steve. Um, so. Let's skip down to. What do you want to just do 10 like we've been doing? Yeah, yeah. For example, 11 is my average. I I have Pinocchio at 12, so maybe I have to move that up. Oh, I would move that up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and I have Avatar at 11. But yeah, so my 10 is Bones and All. Well, just to mention then, Pinocchio is my 5. Okay, so I have Bones and All at 10. Don't have it. My 9 is Black Panther. Don't have it. So again, this is a list that needs to be updated because my eight is Top Gun. Uh, that's my four. Seven is The Whale. That's my three. Six is She Said. That's also my six. Uh, my five is All Quiet on the Western Front. That's my seven, but I could definitely see that going up. Yeah. Uh, my four is Living. Don't have it. Here's the one I have to think about because I have White Noise at three. And I think it's either high up or not in all. Not at all. Yeah, I've got that at eight, and I'm I'm kind of on the fence about it. Yeah, I think that one's getting moved for um, Top Gun. And I'm going to move up Pinocchio. Uh, my number two is Glass Onion. That's my one. My one is Women Talking. That's my two. I think it's between those two. Yeah, this is what I said uh, last week. You know, we'll, we will know when the awards start to be given out. Yeah, if women talking is just walking away, or if there's a a difference to be found. So um, that's where I am. Miles, you're on the same wing. Steve, I assume you're back and have um, women talking at one, right? I do have it at one. Anything else noteworthy here? Uh, it's a boring category. I know. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's no. a little weird. Once you get past like the first few, it's just like. What, what do we, it's like a wasteland. What do you what do you put here? Sure. Well, here we're the other ones are gonna be a little more interesting. So with original, I interestingly I think it's 
there aren't as many contenders, even though they're better contenders, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So no, like, I, I agree ins- with that. I have the inspection at 10. Don't have it. Women King at 9. I have that at 7. Armageddon Time 8. Don't have it. Babylon 7. That's my 8. They kind of feel like also rents, right? For sure. My 6 is After Sun. That's my 5. Yeah, I think that could be the surprise of like people going, what movie? Um, my 5 is Triangle of Sadness. That's my 6, but I feel like those two could easily Definitely. flip it. Flip it, yeah. My 4 is Tar. Same. Three is Fablemans. Same. Two is Banshees. One is Everything Everywhere. They're going to fight it out. Same and same. Steve, what do you have at one? Uh, I have Todd at number one. Oh, I mean, interesting. I could definitely see um, Todd Field getting it. And I think uh, Fablemans is going to be like kind of the underappreciated nominated third or fourth, but happy to be there kind of thing. Kind of in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, supporting actress. I assume we all have uh, Angela Bassett, right? Yep. For reasons we discussed last week, it's just kind of, it broke in a perfect way. Um, I will say my 10 is Claire Foy. That's not going to happen. That is, she's my six. And she's like right on the cusp because like, you feel like they would nominate one of yeah. them. But... Well, I mean, that's the thing. I, I have Jesse Buckley at eight and sandwiching them is Carrie Mulligan, who has gotten some nominations, but no real build in buzz. Yeah, I don't have my favorite of the year. Yeah, I, I usually like her a lot more. And... I mean, I think I think that I think the ensemble. It's, it's, it's well. not a, aside from that one scene that went a little viral. She doesn't have a big like she doesn't have a lot of big like scenery chewing moments. I think they might yeah. be wishing that they pushed her lead and they really got those supporting ladies more of a push. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so, yeah, Buckley at eight. And then I think he gets here's where you get interesting. I have Janelle Monet at seven. Same. I'd like to see her. In yeah. a, in, in I. Five. I have uh, Stephanie Sue at six. I have her at five, and that might be wishful thinking, but I I, I want to push it. Well, and she got sagged, didn't she? I think they both did, right? Yeah, I think they both did. So yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping that gives her the boost she's been needing. You would, yeah, a nice top seven here, though. Oh yeah. So my my five is Dolly De Leon. I don't have her, but she's like right on. The, she would probably be my nine. And I can't decide if she if she kind of like peaked at Globes or if uh, they just happened to nominate her when she just missed a bunch of other places. I think it'll be really telling how much they like Triangle of Sadness in general if she does show up. Exactly. I have to decide if I'm keeping her. Um, I have Hong Chao at four. I do, too. I... You know, all season I was thinking Sadie Sink, she's got the showier role, she's got the meteor role, but like yeah. all the love and affection has been going to Hong, and I think maybe that's just because she's been around longer and been snubbed a few times, but... Um, I, I prefer her in the menu, though. Well, there's also well, that, and also so that, that she has the menu as well, which is very fresh in mind. Like, totally. if anything, I would probably nominate her for the menu, too, but there you, I have Sadie Sink at eight, but I don't think mm. it's happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have Carrie Condon at three. I have her at two. I have. She was, wasn't she the front runner for? She was for a hot minute before, before we knew uh, who the front runner was. It really was like, emerged. Yeah, um, and my two is Jamie Lee Curtis. She's my three. As I as I sort of said, I don't think performance wise we're talking about it like that. But she in terms of it. is it going to be there? Yeah, she's going to be yeah. there. And if they don't go for Angela Bassett at one, they have another veteran actress right there. Yeah, who would gladly accept? And also is like, please nominate me and nominate my film. And they and they do like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like it's it's Bassett's to lose, and like cool, like should have had one already. Yes. Um, supporting actor, uh, we all have 
Kiwaikwana won. Yes. Yeah, so that's, it would that's be just... it would be aggressively foolish not to at this point in the game. Yeah. I think my ten, nine, eight are kind of not factors. Brian Tyree, Henry Causeway, Anthony Hopkins, Armageddon Time, Ben Wishaw, women talking. So I have Brian Tyree Henry as my six, okay. and I do have Wishaw in my five. He's at five. I, I think the two of them are kind of hovering right on the periphery, but if somebody else falls, both of them are kind of ready to jump in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my seven is Judd Hirsch. Same. I, I think... Uh, it seemed it like a sure thing for a yeah. long time, but it never quite materialized. And I don't think they made a big stink of it either. I think they were no. happy that the it like boosted the reviews of like, there's a great scene in the movie. Um, my six is Brad Pitt. He's my eight. I, I don't I, know that I see it happening, but he's on the periphery. Exactly. How much do they like Brad Pitt is what we're going to find out. Mm. My five is Paul Dano. He's my three. Um, I like that he sort of, they came back to him. In a way Me that too. I was worried they wouldn't. Uh, my four is Barry uh, Keegan. Same. Um, not going to win, but like glad he's there kind of thing. Yeah. Um, my three is Eddie Redmayne, which yeah, I that, think that's the one I refuse to acknowledge. Exactly. Yeah, I say he slips out. He could. With Shaw. It's it's it's, it's got that Jared Leto feeling again. Yeah, I think I think years. I think Hirsch could replace him. Or with Shaw or maybe a surprise Brian Tyree Henry or maybe a like. Like not bummer that. but like whatever yeah, too. tom hanks and elvis or some shit like that Ugh. yeah um god i will be miserable oscar morning if yeah. tom hanks gets nominated for fucking elvis which when would you think you'd ever say you'd be miserable for a tom hanks nomination well we'll talk about that in a minute yeah yeah two for brendan gleason one for uh Quan. same yeah Figured. and and those are the smart two yeah exactly actress got an interesting so We've really narrowed down the nominees, I would say. But I'll tell you that my 10 is Emma Thompson. Don't they, have her. They kind of yeah. made a, an effort. It didn't happen. Uh, Margot Robbie. That's that's faded in a major way, I think. Yeah, I've still got her at six, but I'm not confident that she's getting in anymore. It will no. solely rely on if they just love Margot Robbie. Well, and how they react to Babylon in general, because exactly. I think it's got a lot of question marks, as we've already discussed. Part one. Same situation, part two, Olivia Coleman at eight. I don't have her. I would love to see it, but I, I feel like the movie didn't give get over yeah, all the push unless, that she needed. Unless they just nominate her all the time now, which this will yeah, be the same. Which now. I'm not opposed to, but yeah. Um, I'm going to jump one for a second because my six is Viola Davis. I have her at five. I think it'll she's happen. A, she's one of the two, I think, most viable possibilities for five. Um, I think you have to... Not asterisk the SAG nomination, but remember <clears throat> that she's super popular there. She doesn't usually miss with SAG. So Yeah, but she well, doesn't often miss with Oscar either. That's true as well. So how much does that correlate? We're gonna find out. Yeah. Because my number seven is Andrew Riseborough. She's at my seven as well. Cause I feel like, you know, it is very late breaking buzz, but I think you were I can't remember if you were talking about this before we recorded or not. I think we were but where the buzz comes from has a lot to do with it it's not just critics throwing it out it's industry people yep, and that, voters. Ca- that counts for a lot especially this late in the game especially in a category that's outside of the top three has kind of been a shit show yep um and she's worked with almost everyone at this point even though yep. the movies she's well liked yeah she's like the people who know her often talk to her as like this is one of the best actresses that nobody pays attention to or like 
She might be the best actress in the business. You know, the thing that you always hear about a character actor or a character actress a lot of times. Sure, sure. And to Leslie is the sort of like a better life, you know, pick your pick your that size moving. Yeah, yeah. Can do it. Um, I wonder how late if it was too late, you know, if people already kind of made up their mind. But I think she and Viola Davis are right there. I think there's some Coleman right there. Um, Mm -hmm. There's four, I think, safe. There's three locks, probably four safe bets. And my five currently is Ana de Armas. Interesting. I have her at eight. I think she's very much in the running. But I I don't know. So much depends on how they react to the movie as a whole. Mm Well, I mean, I'd like Sag, to see get it. Sag was able to. It's disappointing to hear the, the discourse and and act as if she didn't know what role she was playing. Mm-hmm. You know, she she didn't she wasn't thrown into a room and said, "Go here's your, here's the script." Oh yeah, and also Sag was able to separate the two. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Um, she was great. This goes to what I was saying before. Like she's playing Marilyn Monroe, Austin Butler in a minute, an actor playing Elvis Presley, both. Mm-hmm were in major popular movies, but never taken particularly seriously as actors, so never came anywhere close to Oscar nominations. And they're yeah. potentially going to give them Oscar nominations for playing them. It's just an interesting, like, narrative story. Like, we were talking with, with Brendan Fraser before. A narrative goes a long way, and, and this builds a narrative. Um, my four is Danielle Deadweiler. I have her at three. Yeah, she's. I, she, I don't believe she can win, but it seems like she will be there. She's, she's shown markers. up consistently enough that I, I feel like she's relatively safe. Yep. My number three is Michelle Williams. She's my four. And I will be honest, I did spend a lot of time deciding whether to predict the surprise supporting nomination. Yeah. And I know that's not something you want to predict, but like, it feels like the kind of thing they would do. I but can't bring myself I to do I'll, it. I'm but the I would... same. So I'll, I'll play it safe for now. I'd say out. 25% chance she's not an actress. And yeah. 50-50 shot, if not, whether she's the surprise snub in the, uh, you know, Amy Adams uh, mold, or if she shows up in supporting actress and then we're like, wait, is she going to win well, or what? is she going to lose in supporting? Like, I don't know. Um, my two is Michelle Yao. My one is Kate Blanchett. I have those, them reversed, but it is between the two. It's going to come down to SAG, I think, for this one. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, <clears throat> with a little bit of like, do they give a third Oscar that easily? But also at that mm-hmm. point, like, is Cape yeah. Blanchett just that big a, a deal? Maybe. I, I feel like I've kind of slept on the Cape Blanchett is the best ever conversation, but it seems like it's around, right? Thing is, yeah. I mean, her performance, uh, as I said last week, is just is incredible, <clears throat> but she has won. So she's won twice. She's won twice. Uh, yes, yes. And, and she I, has, I'd be very happy to see five, six nominations. So I have no problem with her taking it, and she deserves it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, and it's not just a career thing for Michelle Yeoh. It's like legitimately great oh, performance. Yeah. Plus, I think hundred percent. I mean, she she deserves it for the performance. But you know, uh, Blanchett is as one before she d- does. She deserve it as well. Yes. But so if you're choosing between two deserving, I would say okay. Well, give it to the one who has who has not won. Yeah, uh, I agree. Because it truly I mean, is a, a coin flip for me. Time will tell. Um, <clears throat> Actor. I think there are seven and a half contenders. Ooh, I'll give okay. you my. Let's see, okay. let's see what our overlap is. Well, is it. Where was the joke? I don't know. What, oh, no. I was just saying, like, there's one person who's like fringe contender. Um, <clears throat> 11's Hugh Jackman for The Sun. I just. 
I really hope That's they don't so do that. <laughs> I, I like these joke ones you put in occasionally. Yeah. So my 10 is Diego Calva. Don't don't have him. Don't see it happening. My nine is Ray Fiennes. It would be a nice makeup for his Grand Budapest snub, but I don't see it happening. So here's the half. My eight is Tom Hanks. Same, because I actually just saw A Man Called Otto over the weekend, and really quick micro review, I really enjoyed it, and I thought he was terrific lovely, in it. Right, and I love really, I really your good. review of the film. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it just it, it leaves you with warm fuzzy feelings, and it's how you remake a movie also. Yeah, I, I mean, I haven't seen the original, so I can't I, speak to that. But well, I mean, it's, just, it's adapting source material. Like, it's clearly made by people who like the source material and write, like the original film. Like, it's yeah. not trying to reinvent. I don't know. It's just, it's lovely. Yeah, very, but also, very <clears throat> good vibes. But also, I think maybe even too mainstream for the Academy at this moment. Maybe, but it could <clears throat> also know. be one of those things where it's like, because I mean, He's Hanks also not really did have a year, even if it wasn't a great year. So it might just be like a cumulative thing. I don't know. He's never he hasn't made the stink that I think they want, but we'll see. That's why I can't move him any higher, even though I thought fair. about it. <clears throat> my seven is Tom Cruise. He's my six, but I think, I think he's in that area. I think if he had, I, I don't he was in the five for a long time, but it, it doesn't quite seem like if, that's gonna go all the way. I think if he hadn't been MIA this season, <clears throat> and granted he's Pretty sure shooting Mission Impossible. I don't think he's hiding or anything. No, I think he's full on in Mission Impossible. <clears throat> I think if he had, had kissed the babies and shook the hands, he would have been in. Sure. I think this nomination is Mission Impossible. Totally. He has that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Well, he also has that Top Gun producing nomination coming his way. Well, no doubt. So he's he's OK there. But yeah, like if he had if he had been like, I want this and I'll go do everything. It might have worked. Because people want to, people are, are, he has that aura, right? Like, even if you're weirded out by him. It may happen one day, but I also think, like, if that, if yet. those conversations were had, it was probably along the lines of, we can probably get you a nomination, but it's not looking good for a win. And he's like, well, then don't worry about it. Exactly. You know, I'll say, <clears throat> I, if he did do that, if he was out there more, working the beat, um, post-release of the film. Or even I showing mean, up to the shows. Yeah, it, 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 it would sway me a little bit. Yeah, he'll come to the Oscars, I imagine. But he, yeah. uh, he skipped everything else. <clears throat> my six is Paul Mescal. So he's my five. I, I, I still haven't seen the film, but that the buzz on that film, it's really, it's kind of stuck around a little bit once it showed up. And, totally. Um, he's, he's, missed the, he's missed some key nominations. He might just be a critic's favorite. Yeah, well, that's the thing. But he would also, get in with, he would get in with nothing. The, it's not big for yeah. sure, but here's the thing: the five and actor, mm-hmm. like, well, I mean, there's the there's, people we there's just a mentioned. 50, 50 sh- there's a fifty-fifty shot; it goes to someone we're not even thinking about. Totally. So there's well. those there's those there's those contenders I mentioned. You could also throw in um, Jeremy Pope for the inspection. Yeah. Again, <clears throat> I don't think there's enough noise around the. Film yeah, exactly. If you're looking at like people who got nothing, you know, Adam Driver just has that Globe nomination. Gabriel Labelle. Just has that Critics' Choice Young Actor win. Daniel mm. Craig doesn't really have anything. So, um, Which, you know, it, it'd be really interesting to see the ballot, actually. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's one other contender. Well, I think he deserves to be there, certainly. Well, there's one other thing. 99% chance it doesn't happen. But there's that tiny, tiny possibility of Will Smith. Oh, man. I, th- I that would be a bizarre choice. Oh, yeah. Like, that's <laughs> For many <chaos>. reasons. <laughs> so, I think... For all of those reasons, my number five is Adam Sandler. He's my seven, but I agree that he's like right on the cusp. 
I, I would think, love to see it. I think the fact that all that the other times, right, where he's been in play and Punch Drunk Love didn't really go anywhere, right? I, I don't know what he would have mm-hmm. been that year, but he was not in the five. He probably wasn't six if I had to guess. Um, and, you know, other non-nominated times didn't really go super far. And with um, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems, really, he probably came the closest. But also never really got any anywhere beyond uh, Spirit Awards, right? And um, and Gotham, like only the indie segment. Didn't get Globe, sure. didn't get SAG. He missed Globe here, but he got SAG. And when in well, doubt, SAG, SAG SAG is a boost for sure. Well, he has SAG over Mescal, over Cruz, over Hag. Like he has SAG over a lot of people. So I, 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 I assume I think I'm right. I have the SAG five because I have Nahi at four. Same. And then the three that I think are fighting out to win: Farrell, Butler, and Fraser. I have Farrell at three. So I have Butler at three. I have Fraser I'm, at two. I, I might make the right. switch. I just I need to see SAG. Yeah, no, I agree. I think based on the narrative as it is right now, Farrell has the most consistency in terms of wins. And obviously, you know, critics stuff doesn't translate necessarily. But in terms of momentum, I think that consistency, whereas Fraser's has been a little stop and start, and Butler's been a consistent presence, but not always a big winner. Yeah. I don't know. I think Farrell's the fact that he's had a string of like these really great performances that have finally built up to what I think we can all safely assume is, is going to be his first nomination. I feel like that could carry through. Whereas Fraser, you know, it depends how they go for the whale. The yeah, divisiveness think, of the film could hold him back. I think Farrell probably moves up to two for me. If he loses SAG, he stays two. If Fraser loses SAG, he moves to three. If Butler mm-hmm. loses SAG, he loses. He moves to three, kind uh, of thing. A real tough three. Yeah, it's a real. Yeah, I think I think you have to just go with who wins SAG. I think Butler could be fading. I think we. I think Butler to some degree. I don't want to say people worried about like I. Like, he's not bad in a movie. I don't care for. Um, so like, I don't. I don't want to say like worried, but it's just not as exciting a win. You know, you, you I think no, just... Fra- Fraser and Farrell both bring more baggage to oh. the table. Butler's like he's new on the scene. He'll be back. Yeah, like he's doing he's Dune up... this year. Like he, yeah. he's going to be fine. That's what I, that's what yeah. they do in actress future star. But predicting the future star of, you know, tomorrow. Today. Today is kind of, yeah. is, you know, is a kind of fun thing. It's not it's really not an Oscar thing. It's more of a Golden Globe. thing. Sure. Though. Sure. Um, um, my question is, when did SAG voting end? Or has is it still going on? Um, I don't believe winner voting has ended. I will tell you because, right now. Because you have the critics' choice. SAG Awards voting sure. doesn't close until February 24th. They have a month. Okay. Oh, wow. So, so the, there's a lot of time to influence. Well, because the awards are on Sunday, the voting choice. deadline is Friday. Mm. Kind of thing. So they have a ton of time. My, my point is you, you, you they got to see uh, Brendan Fraser. They did you know deliver that speech and Could how, be a factor. how are you not impacted by that yeah, oh, yeah i think it is i mean now you guys understand when i talked about how moving it was when he started to cry while i was interviewing him oh yeah yeah you, I you mean, guys have seen it that's the thing is like people can rip out a film but when you see an actor connect with it uh in such a way and and his story connects to a much bigger uh you know a much bigger story and a much bigger more personal part of his life it's it's hard to ignore all that yep. and 
you could say you're only going to look at the performance, but you know, it, it all, it all, uh, it, it all goes into it very much. So agreed. Um, director, we're almost there. Armin White is coming. <laughs> Since you don't want to hear, um, you do, but you don't. Um, all right. My number 10, Ruben Ostlin, triangle of sadness. Don't have him. Number nine, Edward Berger, all quiet on the Western front. Don't have him. You can see how I'm, I'm getting a little interesting there. My number eight, Joseph Kaczynski, Top Gun Maverick from that DGA nomination. So here's my Hail Mary call. He's my five. I mm-hmm. think he gets in. My seven, SS Roger Mooley, RRR. He's my eight. That's the one if they <clears> do like a random yeah, director nothing. nod with nothing else that I feel like and that's also, the one. Yeah. If they go international. Yeah. My number six is Baz Luhrmann. Don't have him. I th- I think it's I think the Globe nomination kind of like I don't want to say tricked people, but he missed DGA also, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe he's faded. Um, my number five is Cameron. He's my six. I mean, it's hard to know. He doesn't really miss when he does award stuff, but also it's hard. He's it, it, I don't know. It's a weird director situation. He's hard to pinpoint. Yeah. Uh, my four is McDonough. Same. I just I, they, they've missed him enough that I, I don't think they're going to miss. And especially now that the film is like a top two, top three. Well, and also this film, I think, is a bit more accessible for people than the last Oscar contender he had. So I yep. think that that gives him a, a, an extra boost of enthusiasm. Sure. My number three is Todd Field getting his first director nomination. Same. My number two, the Daniels. Same. Which is crazy because I was looking at my older nomination. I had them at like 10 before. Like, exactly. If they were lucky. And now it's well, we like, also have that. Like, not only is it a sure thing that they're nominated, they are very much in play to win. Yeah. We also have that like implicit bias of like two directors they don't like. Yeah. But you I mean, what? I think Coen Brothers, you know, I think the Coen Brothers might have broke them of that because there's this there's also not a ton of co-directors anymore. Well, especially not who regularly play in the Oscar field. Exactly. And my one is Spielberg. Same. I kind of feel like we get a split if we don't get Fablemans in, in picture. I, I definitely see a scenario not dissimilar to last year where Fablemans gets director and nothing else. Yeah, that could that could work itself out. There are right. a lot of categories where there are, are a solid top four. Mm-hmm. And there's that fifth. It just seems with every category this year. Yep. Because you look at it, okay, it could be Cameron. Oh yeah, none of maybe could be. They all, there's I mean, so many could be. Yeah, there's there's like four that could slip into that number five spot for yeah. sure. But I I believe your top four are will all make it. I agree. All right, picture. I'll give you my fifteen. I I have fifteen too. Right, so let's fifteen do Black Panther. I do not have it. Fourteen RRR. I do not have it as much as I'd love to. I just I don't know. Yeah. Oh, wow, really? Interesting. I'm, I'm I, I mean, sure where this goes. For my, it would be on my personal one, but in terms of where it's going to show up, I yeah. think it's going to be song and that's it. And I um, hate to say that, but that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So what did I say, 14 just now? Okay. Mm-hmm. So 13 is Babylon. Yes. That's my 14. 12 is Women Talking. Uh, that's my 11. So I think there's 11. I kind of, I kind of think Women Talking not getting... PGA. It, it just hasn't shown up where it needs exactly. to. So my 11 is Triangle of Sadness. That's my What 12. do we do with that movie, right? Yeah. So here's where I see the 10 right now. My number 10 is Glass Onion. 
Hmm. That's my 15, but I, it wouldn't be the biggest surprise if it it's, happened. It's, it's had a like wild last couple of weeks. It went from like, is it seven? So it missed a couple of things to getting that, yeah. that, that PGA nomination. And also like, I don't know the Netflix never really let up about that. Yeah. So we'll see. My number nine is the whale. Uh, that's my eight. And I feel like the top eight are in. But we'll see. Because my number eight, maybe this is a surprise. I have all quiet on the Western Front. So that's my nine. Mm. My seven is Avatar. Uh, it's my six. Six is Tar. That's my five. My five is Elvis. That's my seven. My four. So here is the top four, I think, have a world in which they can win Best Picture. My number four is Top Gun. Same. I think in a, in a vote split. It could be, it's also, I think, going to do the best on a preferential ballot among some of these. Like, sure. It, it, aside from someone who's like, fuck Top Gun, I'm not interested in that kind of movie. I can't see anyone not putting it in their top three or four because you put it here already. Right. Exactly. So that helps. My number three is everything everywhere all at once. So that's my one. And, you know, it's, it's by degrees at this point. Oh, but. Yeah. My only hesitancy with it is it's going to be left off old people's ballots potentially from what i've heard is that's the only segment of the academy that hasn't been on board with it and i don't think it's the second half i think it's that first part with the multiverse you you just lose people sure i can understand that. yeah and i get it like i i spent some of the time like, what, what the hell wait what is this is the movie everyone you know it's not until you get into the back half where you're like oh this is well, why this where it all comes movie, together yeah. yeah yeah so that but it could still 100 percent you have to watch a whole a whole film movie. agreed you can't watch the first half. No, no, no. Um, my back hurts. I'm going home. You would think. My number two is Banshees. That's my three. I think we'll do well on a preferential ballot. Yeah. Aside from someone who doesn't get the tone. And that's a minimal segment, I think. I think there's some yeah. people who are like, this movie is not funny at all. And I think you probably, if you don't think it's funny at all, you probably also don't think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and my number one is still The Fablemans. Because I think that's it's my just, two, but I think that three is correct. It's built to be. It's very much the coda situation. Yeah, like built to to be a happy second choice that ends up. Winning. Yeah, yeah, it's the, it's the consistent runner up kind of thing. And I think if it wasn't the year in advance favorite for so long, you people would be more confident. And be like, yeah, this seems likely. But I mean, listen, it can underperform on Tuesday. For sure. Um, we, we had a we had a few deviations in picture. Um, yes. I have uh, she said at 13, which is very wishful thinking, and I don't think it'll happen. But I think it needed PGA. I don't think it will happen. I don't think it'll happen. No, I think um, it's but I'm hoping for screenplay. But at number 10, I have the woman king. I, I knew which, that was going to be the one you had higher. I, Maybe you you and I have disagreed on this one all season, but I think it's shown up just enough places that it's still in the conversation and i could see a contingent getting behind it enough that it overperforms i don't think that, it's a one nomination movie wrong. no I think it's, I agree. A, it's a three or nothing yeah at least well, we will see so i'm gonna probably update my predictions between now and tuesday some of the things i've mentioned some of them will just be when i'm willing to sit there and look at it um because that's not as good a distraction i will say um so apologies if we if we've gone even longer than usual for most people, but I guess the last couple of episodes have been this long. Um, I, I haven't been thinking about shit for a little bit, so this is great. Um, and that you know, all good things must end. But before that, Armin White, new shit should start. Uh-huh. Right there you go. 
um, we never titled the segment, and we were not going to. Well, we... our, our titles <laughs> were, were problematic. Yeah, it's. I mean, listen, he would probably appreciate those titles, which makes it one things we don't want. So January sixth, this went up. You, you heard that, right? Yeah. January 6th, this went up. Not by accident or anything, right? Uh, so, who, who can tell with him? <laughs> uh, it's got to be something there, right? So um, he titled it the 2022 Better Than List, the subtitle Good Versus Bad Movies in the Year of Cultural Collapse. Oh, every year is the year of cultural collapse with this guy. <laughs> All right. I feel like I have to just read this to you guys, right? I can't can't pick through this. All right. Throughout 2022, it felt as if Hollywood was daring us to go to the movies. I think they were begging us, like, please give us the money. We need it. Commercial films either offended one's intelligence or failed to entertain. When the prestige movie glut began during award season, it was obvious that most filmmakers were interested only in their own political bias. There it is. Um, Wrongly assuming that the public would buy it. Oh, Robert, I'm sorry. (laughs) We're just... He's yelling somewhere, examining the invasion of arrogance, incompetence, and obnoxiousness, and sight and sounds feminist, P-U-T-S-H, putsch, putsch, the fuck does that mean, is both the work and pleasure of criticism, especially needed as the culture tilts toward collapse. Jesus Christ. Um, Making a status quo 10 best list would be delusional. It's what you do every year is this. But this year's better than list sets antidote against poison, hope against despair. It, and now here's what I need you to remember. It challenges media hype with good cinema alternatives. So remember, he's telling you that the better than pick is the better alternative, right? Sure. Oh, uh, there's an all timer second up. He doesn't bury the lead. But the first one, Benediction is better than Tar. Okay. Uh, yeah, like Terrence Davies' opulent Siegfried Sassoon biopic is also a powerful personal reflection on the director's spiritual sexual struggle. That same concept becomes so histronic in Todd Field's snob culture takedown, it ridicules itself. Bravo to Jack Loudon's silent monologue, the performance of the year. Totally fine with that, right? Reasonable yep. even. Give or take the little dig guitar for like... Having not not as incendiary as others he's done. No, I remember watching Tara tell you, I've been like, oh, this is a movie about cancel culture. I'm I'm curious how people are going to take this. Uh, apparently, people took it as it was intended, which was nice. Here you go. Father Stew. I knew it. I knew that was going to show up. Is better than <laughs> everything, everywhere, all at once. Fuck you! Hey, wait, hold on now. Get, hear him out. <laughs> Rosalind Ross directs Mark Wahlberg as Father Stuart Long, whose funny and moving religious conversion found real life, real cinema faith. Mel Gibson and Jackie Weaver complete the road to Damascus jubilation. But the Daniels team and everything preferred cut-rate Buddhism over Christianity. Uh-oh. Wasting Michelle Yao. In a chaotic, faithless, exhaustingly unfunny superheroine jamboree. Don't try and, like, bring in praise for Michelle Yao as a cover for that bullshit. He he also is saying that everything everywhere all wants is not good faith-based cinema. Well, okay, there's so much to get into there, but 
it's so funny because I think we talked like from the beginning. I think we probably did the Armin White game with Father Stu like shortly after it came like, out. Like, oh, it's going to be his favorite and, movie. And even immediately we were like, okay, what's this going to be up against on his better than list? But yeah. I never I never would have pegged everything yeah. everywhere just because what, like, what what's the, the overlap? What did they call the PG-13 cut of Father Stu? Oh, the um, – not the director's cut, but – oh, Father Stu Reborn. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not that one because that one's avoiding the dirty language. My local theater has Had still not got – it's not received women talking or a couple of the other big movies, but you better believe Father Stu Reborn was there for a couple weeks. I thought it was there now. I was like, you didn't think for like a hot second after Skinny Marine could be like, there's at least a plot. No, no um, I did not. Next up. These are at least the same genre, albeit insane. Ambulance is better than Top Gun Maverick. Wait, wait. I mean, it's a bit more classic, but yeah, okay. His rationale is great. Michael Bay rescues the American ideal with cinematic brio and working class brotherhood, while Tom Cruise repurposed 80s junk as America first desperation. So it was – there's more, but I just want to pause and say he criticized Top Gun Maverick for not being right-wing enough. The thing well, that we're all that, praising it for, for avoiding being a right-wing movie. I mean he criticized everything everywhere for not being Christian enough. So yep. I think his priorities are a little – Bay's dazzling vision is superlative. Anyone who doesn't realize that Maverick is silly is just being silly. All right, dude. Whatever. <laughs> uh, wait, now he's got to tell you about a movie you don't know about. Because Marks Can Wait is better than The Fablemans. Uh, yep, don't know it. Marco uh, Bellocchio's personal family tragedy doc reveals the depths of his artistic impulses. Yet Spielberg's indulgence of his oft-repeated Freudian Marxist legend via Tony Kushner rings totally false. You know, one of the most empathetic movies of the year. Totally. All right. You're right. You, you, you got mad once. You ready to get mad again? Oh, boy. Even though I would argue he's picked two good movies. Dead for a dollar is better than uh, the Woman King. Oh, what? Dead for a dollar—that's the um, the Walter Hill Western. Yeah, that with like fine. Christoph Waltz and yeah, Christoph yeah. Waltz and uh, Willem Dafoe and Rachel Brosnahan. Solid. And is better than the Woman King. All right, buddy. according to him, <laughs> Walter Hill's esoteric Western dramatizes modern America's conflicting race, sex and history myths anchored by Rachel Brosnahan's defiant agency. The opposite of Gina Prince Blythewood's misandrist Afro-eccentricity. Misandrist. You know he's he's sitting there being like, I can can say she's bad at being a black lady only because I'm black. Like, it's it's not even that he's a troll. Like, it goes beyond that. It's like, I'm going to say things that would get other people in trouble because I can't get in trouble for them. As he chuckles into his thesaurus. Yeah. Um, He did two good movies again, but I'm sure his reasoning will be absurd. Petite Maman is better than After Sun. Okay. Like, why take down one of them? But okay. Uh, Celine Siama's storybook fantasy intuits a child's uncanny adult empathy. Best thing Charlotte Wells is unfocused. Misspelled, by the way, I think. Are there two S's in unfocused? No. Oh, he misspelled it, so... Um, amateurist pretend home movie, a mother and child reunion versus father daughter estrangement. All right. Big bug is better than nope. 
Don't know big. Oh, wait, is that the um... John P. Jeanette? Oh, all right. <laughs> uh, he makes the first great satire of the COVID era lockdown and big tech enslavement, you know, because tech is out to get you only when it's, you know, bad for Republicans. Jordan Peele looks for and curses Hollywood racism while fumbling sci-fi genre tropes. So in this case, it wasn't act. It wasn't taking down racism enough. Yeah, hard. To, <sighs> he just doesn't like Jordan Peele. Yep, he does. I can't imagine why. Um, Nitram is better than the Banshees of Inisherin. There it is. Justin Kurzel probes the psych the psychic roots of an unnerving 1996 New Zealand mass murder through amazing characterizations. Whatever, right? No problem. Underseen movie that like some people like quite a bit. Sure. Martin McDonough exploits Irish misanthropy, misanth- uh, concocting tribal fake lore. Okay. Not folklore, <laughs> fake lore. Raymond and Ray is better than Babylon. Wow. Rodrigo. Very curious how he connects the dots here. Hmm. Rodrigo Garcia's poignant sibling drama unites a broken family and heals a broken land with compassion. In parentheses, not unquote community. A Borzag film for the millennium. Damien Chazelle's phony, overwrought history of Hollywood celebrates a, bo- a broken film industry but degrades its legacy. If only they would have paid more tribute to when racism and sexism was, was okay. Well, that was obviously what it was missing. Mm. Well, he's going to get you now. My donkey, my lover, and I is better than EO. I mean, probably, but what? <laughs> you immediately like EO better by virtue of this. Carolina Vignell's road movie follows a single woman's love hunt through the profundity of movie romanticism from Robert Brisson to Howard Hawks. Jersey Skolominski's updated remake of a Brisson classic is strictly for nihilists. I think we might agree with Arvin White. Oh, dear. Uh, oh, boy. He he chose violence in this next one. Because he's he's putting he's pitting two films you really like against each other. Crimes of the Future. Mm-hmm. Aren't you upset that he likes that movie? A little bit, yeah. He likes it better than Decision to Leave. What? <laughs> what are they? I just... I remember back in the day, it felt like he would at least pick movies that were had like vaguely had something to do with each other, like yep. similar genres or something. I just don't know how he's picking these. Oh, anymore. just wait. There's one more all timer on this list. Oh, God, I can't wait. So David Cronenberg's analogy to decadent cinema laments society's lost morality. Sure. Right. No, Apart- I don't know that that is what I don't think doing. that's the movie either. But like, sure. That sentence makes sort of sense, I guess. Well, Park As a Wook's, sentence, it makes yeah. sense. But well, Park Chan Wook's slick, grotesque policier is decadence itself. Grotesque? How dare you, sir? So she uh, said is in the next one. Steve, do you think uh, he liked, or is it something better than she said? He's he's miserable over this. He's we'll suffering. It's late. It's okay. Um, lost illusions. Is better than she said. Which one's Lost Illusions? I mean, that's part of the the gimmick there. Yeah, but Ex- I Xavier Ginoli's 19th century Balzac adaptation exposes. Yeah. Steve, you're you're suffering. I know. It's almost time. 
Um, Xavier Gianoli's 19th century Balzac adaptation exposes corrupt media then and now. Well, Maria Schrader clumsily turns New York Times reporters into petulant feminist Woodward Bernstein's. <laughs> uh, Wait, is that is Lost Illusions the one about the statue or uh, the Eiffel Tower? I think it might be. I don't remember. I nearly saw that one and came to our indie theater. Steve, this is this is this is miserable, isn't it? It's terrible. It's putting me to sleep. I know. He's it's it's the because it's funny because Steve takes these more on what they are and just goes like, yeah, he's ridiculous. So it's easier for him to check out during this, whereas Miles is on the edge of his seat. <laughs> well, let me like, tell you, how the stupid next, can a man be? The one after this next one is is right up there with that first one for you guys. Because this one, this one is nonsense. Because it's just pick a movie no one's heard of. Um, Polly Stry- Streen, I am a cliche personality crisis, one night only. Mm-hmm. Is better than all the beauty. Is and the that bloodshed. is all of that the title? Yep. Oh Christ! Is better than okay. all the beauty and the bloodshed. He just took two long titles. Yeah, but you <laughs> so, know what? That's more of a connection than half of these yeah. have had. Salutes to two pop music artists. Maybe they're two movies. Maybe Polly Strain, I am a cliche is is different than Personality Crisis One Night Only. I guess X Ray Specs and David Johansson. I don't know either of them. Yeah. He's cooler than I am, I guess. Are preferable to Laura Preutress's noisiating politiza- politicization of cultural stewed activist, not pseudo activist, Nan Golden. Enjoy the rock and roll and beware the derangement syndrome. All right. Here it is. Steve, well, of course. Here's the one. You ready? I'm ready. My son Hunter. Fuck! I don't even care what is what it's compared to. The, it, it takes some fucking balls to even bring up that movie with a straight face. He ups the game with the description, but it's better than Armageddon Time. Well, I haven't seen Armageddon Time. Well, so Armageddon Time has 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 Trump in it, so mm, there it is. Here you go. This is this might be the biggest sentence you've ever heard of in terms of uh, uh, like a. What did they call it? a whopper? I was like, what's the when you tell a big lie? <laughs> the big lie. What do you know? Robert Davi's compassionate critique. C- yes. You you uh, saw the trailer for this movie, right? Yes. It's I would use a lot of words to describe it, but compassionate would not be one of them. Robert Davi's compassionate critique of an unignorable political scandal. It's I don't know. I've, I've ignored it pretty well that like a drug addict left his laptop somewhere. Shames James Gray's made up made up TDS scandal. Not sure what TDS is. Doofus Gray's, which just insult someone. Like, let yeah, me ask you a question now. That's fucking rude. like if you're James Gray, do you get to punch him? You should. I'm like, like. Th- like, this is different... the kind of guy that like Uwe Boll should have been boxing back in yeah. the day. Like you don't get to say that. Like you can say his movie is a it's a doofy movie. Like the person's not a doofus. Yeah, it's... no, that's just such poor form. Yeah. Well, Doofus Gray's America hating autobiography. You know the one about the high price of the American dream and how it's somewhat of a myth. Is Fableman's, mm. which he also hates, for dullards. Oh. Well, yeah. yeah, that's right. that's that's like that goes past the point where it's like political differences. And now you're just being mean spirited. He's he's trolling the libs on the National Review. That's exactly what that is. Quickly, the last couple. 
the great freedom better than the eternal daughter. Sebastian uh, Mays recalls the lifelong radicalism was of one man, Fran Rogowski, but Joanna Hogg's metaphysical slog is just sub Sophia Coppola navel gazing. Sure, go after the Artie movies. I'm not gonna. He's the. That's what you would champion against a different thing. Peaceful you would think. is better than the whale. Well, we know why. Peaceful. Uh, Emmanuel Burkott made it. It concentrates on the wide impact of the mortality of an artist slash father slash son. Benoit Magamal. Well, we know why he doesn't like the whale, but he's not going to say that reason. Mm. Darren Aronofsky's embarrassing romp through all social victim categories pretends spiritual uplift. So he's... I I love the idea of describing anything about the whale as a romp. Yeah. I mean, he watched the, the pizza eating scene and was like, that looks good. All right, the last two. Peter von Kant is better than Tar. Didn't he already Just, talk about Tar? Uh, yeah. He's he doing Tar twice? Did he do Tar twice? Mm, yes, he did what, Tar twice. What the fuck, Armin? Don't be lazy. At well, least make up a movie. Just when we've lost sight of art's purpose, actor Dennis Menochin's vivid emotionalism breaks through Brecht's vaunted V effect. And director Francois Ozon transforms Fassbinder, Fassbinder's own alienation devices. Kate Blanchett and Todd Field get tangled in their own false sophistication. A sign of bad times. You couldn't figure out one more? All right. I was going to say we should pick her out one more, but I don't want to give him ideas. And let's yeah. wrap up with Bones and All is better than the menu. Interesting. Because he likes what they ate and bones and all better. Uh, Luca Guadagnino's Teen Cannibals and Love Movie says more about Gen Z apathy than Adam McKay's latest failed greedy bourgeois satire. The man who produced it and didn't write or direct it. But he's a bougie liberal, so you exactly. know. Exactly. All right. Take pity on Steve. I need to go be sad again, even though this has been wonderful and has uh, distracted me quite fantastically. We're going to wrap up. You can find final predictions on the site by Tuesday. Tuesday morning will be the Oscar nominations. Um, I guess we'll record on Wednesday still. Well, it'll be up on Thursday. We'll figure out recording. But we'll, we'll have the reactions. Um, so you guys can say where you can be followed. And uh, uh, tell us one of your mom's favorite movies. All right. Well, you can find me on both Twitter and Letterboxd at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S on Film. I'm also on Instagram at Marvelous Miles. And uh, you can check out my short films, Once Upon a Dracula and American Exorcist. They are both on YouTube under Chase Capo and Aftershock Pictures, respectively. Please check out my writing on Awards Radar and Looper. And, uh, well, one of my mom's favorite... What's the movie, uh, Steve, that uh, Redford directed that we joked about for weeks? No, it's the the Malagra Beanfield War that we had a good yeah, chuckle yeah. about uh, when go. we did the recalibration. Yeah, she. I don't know why she just. I've seen it once with her, and it's like okay, but yeah, yeah she, that's one that she always comes back to when we ask. Eh? Top why ten not? Beanfield films. I know, right? Um, top ten field films, even maybe better than yeah. Lilies in the Field. Um, Steve, you're up. Todd Field, does he factor in? Love Field, Killing Fields, Todd Field. So, um, I am Steve, and you can follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd. He said it with no no confidence. I am Steve? I'm not good with... (laughs) I'm Steve? I'm not good with names. I know. Um, And, uh, 
what else are we doing here? Your mom's favorite <laughs> movie. Oh, uh, I think that would be The Sound of Music. Nice. Uh, you can find me. Anything? No, you can say something else about it if you want. No, it's just, you know. He's like, I want to edit this and go to bed. Leave me alone. I, I'm, 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 I am very tired. I know. But... You've been, you, you guys have been very patient. We, we went longer than we needed to, but it was a good time. Um, you can find me at Joey Magazine, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd. Um, excuse the social media um, being a little bit of a downer recently. I, I, I just might not post some awards radar stuff on that for a day or two, but I'll get back to it. Awards Radar is on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. It's going to have all the content up there. So if you happen to look for my tweets of my articles or retweets of the articles, I may or may not be doing that just because, I don't know, it feels weird to intertwine them for a moment, but I'll, I'll figure it out in a day or two. Um, and uh, also, thank you, Steve. The movie I'm going to mention, um, Steve asked about so he can make it the shot of the day um, earlier today, I guess yesterday, when you guys listen to this. Um, Yours, Mine, and Ours, the original Lucille Bull, um, Henry Fonda movie. Mm. Um, it's 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 delightful. I made my ex watch it um, like six months ago or something like that. It's like a, I don't know if we were flipping through like options or something. It just it came up. I was like, have you never seen this? And I thought, it, you know, when you're younger and your parents watch something, you just assume everyone's seen it. Yeah. And it was one of those that um, I guess it like some people know it, but it's not like a wildly well known. It wasn't like a box office smash or anything. It was. I think seen as a vague disappointment for Lucille Ball, even though I think it was a Globe nominee. But I guess the Globes meant nothing at that time, even more nothing. But it's it's so good and like clearly playing around with how like how can we say things without saying things? Because I think it's a movie from the late fifties, if not early sixties. Sixty eight. So like yeah, so it's but it has an old fashioned flavor, mm-hmm. but it's also just like very charming and minimal plot like. If you just want to watch like fun of like, oh, there's there's like, was it 18 kids running around this house? But like, oh, the little kid, because everyone gets hand-me-downs, but the little kid gets handed like the giant water boots as opposed to the little ones because it works itself out eventually. Like very light humor. And that was that was her thing. Like that kind of movie or like the Mets. But because um, my family watches and rewatches like very strange things. Like they would, for some reason, they got on a run of watching Planet 51. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. I mean, every so often they stumbled onto a good movie. Like they both really liked The Martian. Nice. So I was like, great. Though at a certain point, how many times can I walk in and they're watching The Martian? Oh, yeah. yeah. Notable comedy, The Martian. Um, But like super pleasant. Um, But then oddly, they really like Shooter. Maybe my dad liked that one. My mom just like went with it. But you know, they would just rewatch things and it became like pulling teeth to get them to watch something, uh, something new. Though I will say, um, this is like, I don't know. We'll see how I feel about when I say this. Um, the last movie my mom watched was about 30 minutes of the menu with me. No. So I, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting that she went out on like a weird movie. She didn't quite know what was going on. Like she watched it and then, think she was watching the scene where they lowered the guy into the water sure is that before or after they shoot someone when the guy um, shoots himself i think that's a- after right after? i think it's after oh yeah because she saw I'm trying to remember who shoots themselves oh the the sous chef oh then after yeah because she i think she saw that she saw the them lowered in and then um them cut off reed bernie's finger and she's like, right. what the fuck is this? Like, and I was like, hey, it, it gets out. I was explaining. And then like, 
she popped in and out and she's like, I gotta, I, I, I don't feel I need to go to bed, which was the last month. But like, I don't know. I, I, you know, like there's nothing to take from that except like, I don't, I, I don't know. It's not my favorite movie, but it's, at least it was something new. I don't know. I'm, I'm flailing on that one, but I don't know. Felt like sharing. So, you know, watch. That's what it's about films exactly. about sharing. Watch, watch a movie that your mom likes. Uh, call your mom, call your dad. Look up that um, J.K. Simmons quote because it's just, it's true. And uh, yeah. thank you all again. Um, I, next week should be similar. I will, I will, you know, we won't have to address this, but like, we'll, we'll do our thing and, uh, yeah. Um, take care of each other and we will, we will see you at the movies after the Oscar nominations. And if you can't call your mom and your, or your father, um, call your sisters and your brothers because yeah, it goes for family. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I don't know. And yeah. and give Just them uh, Armin White's list and try yeah. and get them to uh, <laughs> you, you know like show them, them some yeah. new movies. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and to visit awardsradar.com for the best in awards and entertainment content.